sound. Duramax on the engine diner. Am I right or am I wrong? Uh, you are kind of right. Kind of right. A Duramax on the engine dyno. Not on the engine dyno. Up on uh, ah. stands. Sounds thumpy for a Duramax. Does that have the cam in it that you've been working on? Here's the blower. Listen to that. Yep, sounds pretty awesome. <laughs> Is that the first run with the blower or something? Why the That cheering? was the first fire of Very Lockjaw. Nice. Very nice. Now, we have shot that for a video, and we should be posting that up on the Banks YouTube channel in the next, uh, I don't know, let's call it seven to ten days or so. That was pretty exciting because we showed that truck back at SEMA. In November, and this is the first time it's run. All right, on this show, we're going through your email because we've got a lot of it, and we're catching up with Mr. Corey Willis of Power Performance Enterprises, Inc. That is PPEI, and he's in the center of the universe when it comes to diesel and a lot of gas tuning, and you'll understand why when we check in with him. But first, we've got to thank our sponsors, including Nissan, without whom we would probably not be on the air because... They have supported us, as we've said many times, since day, like, four, I think. Holman, if you had to pick out one of your favorite things about the Nissan Titan, the newest Nissan Titan, what would it be? Zero gravity seats. Because for me, it's the dual panoramic moonroof. Uh, you know, what's interesting about their uh, moonroof is they actually have engineered it to where you have that glass roof, and they were able to make the structure around the glass roof strong enough where, uh, you know, for uh, roof crush and all that, where they actually have handles on either side of it, and I don't think anybody else has been able to do that. I'm looking at them. Not only do they have handles, they have lighting just above the B pillars, mm -hmm. which I've never seen before. So the uh, the structure of it's uh, pretty tough, and uh, yeah, I, I like the zero gravity seats just because uh, I've been on uh, multiple 20 hour trips in a Titan, and it's amazing how comfortable those seats are for a really long day. So if you're interested in uh, being super comfortable on a long trip, go down to your local. <laughs> no, who's not? Well, some people they are, they don't <laughs> no, need it. No, give me a give me a, a bench seat with springs in my hey, ass. <laughs> half the half the hotshot guys out there do have springs sticking up. The the uh, banks Dooley had springs sticking up through it. Yeah, and the foam was totally roached That's on it. True. Yeah. So I drove that for almost a year. Yeah. I mean, springs how many chiropractic visits did that uh, require? All of them. Listen, the the Titan doesn't. Because it's so damn comfortable. So head on down to your local Nissan dealer or type in NissanUSA.com where you can build and price. All right, Holman, I just handed you a graph that uh, is for the Banks Monster Ram Gen 2 intake manifold for the 2007.5 to 2022 Ram 6.7 liter Cummins. And explain that. You've got two axes, the Y and the X axis there. Yep, you got a mass airflow in pounds uh, per minute and pressure drop in inches of H2O. And you've got uh, four inputs here. One is uh, stock, and the other three are uh, popular aftermarket alternatives, including banks. Yep. And and so do you remember last week when we talked about CFM, cubic feet per minute, right? That was all about the airflow. This is about not just the airflow, but how dense the air is. That is way more important than CFM. Right. Expl air density. Yep. All right. So uh, in the test of uh, inches of water uh, at uh, 20 inches, banks outflow stock by 88.3%. <laughs> Well, yes. another popular alternative is uh, 
8.1%. And uh, another popular alternative is actually negative 5.4%. <laughs> actually flows worse than stock, which I don't know how you would do that because the stock one has that fuel line that goes through it. What, do you add more materials so that you block it even more? Like, I just don't even know. And this I is mean, with the stock heater plate in place. That's correct. And out of all of these, the only two that are 50 state legal, banks and stock. Right. And the stock one blows. So no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It, blow. It's completely restricted. <laughs> so if you want a, uh, if you want something uh, that'll help your engine blow, uh, head over to BanksPower.com and check out the Gen Two Banks Monster Ram. You'll see it. Uh, this beautiful cast aluminum powder coated, oh, with CNC parts on it. A new fuel line. Oh, it's just a. It's like art for your Cummins. The truck show. We're gonna show you what we know. What the truck Cause truck rides with The truck show We have the lifted We have the lowered And everything in between We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel And the ones that run on gasoline The truck show The truck show The truck show It's the truck show With your host Lightning Oh, no! (laughs) Not again! We back. 216 episodes of... Oh, man. Hey, how many of you guys are listening to... Wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. Hold on. How many of you guys are listening to the show, (laughs) and you have it where it automatically plays your next podcast, and you are so lazy that you haven't unsubscribed and taken us out of rotation... And you're just like, oh, I guess I'll listen to them for another week. No, they love us. Are you sure? Absolutely. Are you sure about that? No, I'm not. I don't, not I, even I, close. Yeah, I, I've listened to the show but several times. I am very thankful that you guys are listening. And and, and by the way- oh, Speaking of uh, listening to the show, has uh, Doto done his homework yet? I've not heard from him. <laughs> I think he's scared. <laughs> he, he, he ghosted, ghosted us. us. Yeah, 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 he ghosted yeah. us. But, and if you guys do enjoy the show, which I assume you do, please leave us a five-star review either on Spotify or the Apple Podcast app. All right, so uh, since we have a great interview with uh, Corey Willis coming up, why don't we get into Inbox first? We'll do emails, and then we'll get into our uh, discussion with Corey. Ooh. You email? Yeah. I email. Do it. We email. That's right. Everybody email. Type it up. You email. Proofread. I email. Send it. We email. Click it. Everybody email. This has got to be where people tune out, right? They hit the fast forward, 15 seconds. 15 seconds, just to press away. Oh, oh, right. oh, oh. Who's, uh, who's going first, you or me? I'll go first this time. All right. All right, uh, I got this one from uh, our buddy Trevor. He says, uh, interesting experience. I had an interesting experience the other day and immediately thought of you two ding-dongs. <laughs> oh, no. I got my truck back from the dealer after some work, and that day took it out to dinner. We... Hopped in the truck to leave after dinner. I was confused why my head unit, 2021 F-250 with nav, was so bright and hurting my eyes at night. So first I checked the auto night setting on the display. Then I (laughs) checked the time was set right, and it still wasn't looking right. Then I started messing with the dimmer buttons that dim the dash lights and head unit. And that's not doing anything either. Mind you, I haven't even left the parking lot. Finally, his headlights are. it dawns on me that the freaking service tech had turned my headlights off. Oh, no! Of auto. Why that's even allowed boggles the mind. And my lights were off. Turn them to the auto where they should be, and bam! The dash dims to my settings, and the head unit switches to night mode and dims, and all is good with the world. In summary, it made me realize that these waffle stompers, uh, Google it, 
uh, who drive around with their headlights on are even more oblivious than I thought since there's actually some sort of feedback system to let you know. Anyway, thank you, Trevor. He's not the first person to blame it on the service tech, is he? Do we believe him, though? That's that's where it comes into play. I think maybe I do. I mean, it's plausible. It's plausible. plausible. Well, because it, it uh, may be too dim in the service bay, and the guys that don't want the lights on as they're working on the truck, so they just turn it off so it's not blasting the service tech opposite them. I guess if, there's, if their shop is set up like that. Okay. Uh, that's what she said from Jeremiah. <clears throat> that's what she said. We'll never get old. Although my wife says otherwise. That's what she said. I got a Ford EcoBoost question here from John Tolman. Gents, thanks for continuing to provide good information on your podcast. Also suspect. I don't know if that's plausible or not. He says, uh, I wanted to see if you have all had some info on Ford's EcoBoost engines and turbos being faulty. Reached out to you all last year about me buying a used SUV and I returned from overseas military. I ended up buying a used 2019 Expedition. It's been a great vehicle. However, I've been disappointed with the Ford customer service and care I've received after purchase. Vehicle does have an extended service contract through Ford. I bought the vehicle 26,000 miles, and since about 35,000 miles, there's been a rattling noise on startup and at low speed. I did have the cam phasers replaced under warranty, but the rattle is still there. Come to find out after subsequent dealership visits to diagnose the noise, it's the turbo wastegate rattling. Ford had said, quote unquote, this is normal and won't fix or replace the turbos. Having driven other Ford EcoBoost and other turbocharged cars, this rattle should not be considered normal. Have you all had experience with these issues in the Ford? Any suggestions on fixes? No Ford rep I could reach out to? So far, I haven't been able to get to anyone high enough to deal with the complaint. Thanks, John. Uh, I would say that uh, in your owner's manual, there should be something called a customer service zone rep or similar. And that's how you elevate your consumer complaints above the dealership. I would say my next step would be to go to a new dealership uh, or call the zone rep and see if you can get somebody to open a case for you. Generally speaking, the EcoBoost uh, engines have been ex- extremely reliable. Really strong. Um, but, yeah, there I've heard there are some uh, cam phaser issues and some turbo uh, wastegate issues. And, you know, a few people have blown up their engines. But that's, I mean, anything mass produced. And I'm not so certain that most of those people haven't had, like, a bunch of tunes and stuff dumped in there at some I think point. some have, yeah. Um, and it's I, I'd be curious if your truck was tuned before you got it and the guy put it back to stock. Yeah, probably not on an expedition. but Oh, yeah, probably not an expedition. But I, I would say that... Uh, Problems are on the low side. It's nothing I would steer somebody away from an EcoBoost about. Uh, I would, here's a Banks plug, would like to have like an iDash or something so you can monitor EGTs and all the other parameters that are in there because uh, Ford doesn't give you as many parameters about the health of the engine like you could get from an iDash or or similar. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I I would not call that normal. I would uh, elevate the claim. And hey, if we have any listeners... Who uh, happen to work for a Ford dealership? John doesn't say where he's at. Don't or... we have a couple of guys who work on the in the Ford plant? Yeah, well, the plant's is a lot different than doing warranty oh, after yeah. Yeah, after care service. Good so, point, yeah. uh, but if anybody uh, has any advice for John, write us at uh, truckshowpodcast at gmail But yeah, John, I would uh, I would elevate your concern because I think it's certainly valid, especially if uh, you've got the extended warranty on it. And uh, but be aware, uh, everything uh, like that is on back order. So don't give up your truck. Because you may not see a turbo for a couple months. Man, I see, I'm a little more of a pessimist about this. I think in today's climate, with part shortages and all the other things that are happening, they're not as apt to replace parts that haven't failed. And yours is just yeah. making a noise. Yeah. Especially with the warranty, if there's a rental car involved and some additional costs and things like that. Yeah. I mean, look, look at all the guys. Maybe you probably haven't heard because you're not the Duramax. By the way, that's not, a, that's not a Ford thing. That's just a, that's a general a, statement. For on, sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a, what's called a Duramax tick. And uh, 
a lot of the guys with twenties, twenty ones have a Duramax tick. I don't know if it. Ex- I don't know if it existed before. Well, the Hellcat 20. tick. The, the Hemi's always tick and break yeah. off studs. And for example, on uh, on the uh, TRX, because of the way the catalyst is, while it's cold, it makes a pretty loud ticking noise, which is super unsexy when you're pulling up, going, "Hey, man, I got a TRX. Okay, hear it." And it's like tick, 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 tick. Uh, I actually took ours to the dealer. And there's a TSB advising that because of the height of the TRX and the way the catalyst is, there's more of an air gap from the bottom of the chassis to the ground, and it echoes. And so you hear it more than you would on a car. And I was like, all right, well, fine. You know, it, I, it, that's the thing. Yeah. It hasn't caused any I issues think it's on bogus. the vehicle. So. I, I'm anticipating being upset about it in advance. Yeah. Oh, you'll but. definitely be upset about it, but nothing will be wrong. You'll just not like the noise. No, I, I get it. And like the Duramax guys that have – and not all of them have the tick – I feel like they've all brought it. I've seen it so many times on L5P, Duramax, yeah. Zoli, and all these other groups. Yeah. And they bring it into the dealer, and they go, it's a noise. But, like, there's nothing wrong. Like, they'll run full diagnostics, yeah. and there's nothing wrong with it. And it's some of the guys have turned in their trucks because they just— Is it that loud, or they just well, don't like the noise? N- they just don't like the noise because, you know, like, for me— and, I think you're kind of the same way. You don't like uh, creaks and rattles no, and I stuff. Yeah, I hate all that stuff. Yeah, and, and at a certain point, you're like, I want it quiet. So I torture myself by putting a roof rack through the uh, fiberglass <laughs> top of my Jeep and a tent on top Yeah, because then I get all the creaks. Got to crack. All the creaks. Creak and crack. Actually, it's great on the highway. It's just uh, an off-road you don't care. But man, pulling out of the driveway, it's like, oh yeah, I did that. Mid-sized is the uh, subject line from Lenny. Lightning and Holman, short and sweet. The mid-sized truck market has aggressively entered the off-road space in recent years. Uh, Toyota Tacoma, longtime staple. Chevy Colorado ZR2, nice. Nissan Frontier Nismo should be outstanding. Uh, Ford Ranger, Raptor, and Tremor, about time. Holman, what do you think about Ram 700 TRX? Should Ram get on the bandwagon? Uh, uh, Holman, no. what is that 700? No. That's like a Mexican unibody pickup. It's like the Ford Maverick. It's like saying, let's do a Maverick Raptor. Like, it's just not going to happen. It's not built for that. The suspension's not there. It's not heavy duty enough. No, absolutely not. <laughs> okay. should, should Ram have a midsize? It should. But when Jeep came out, so rumors have it, I don't, I'm not speaking because I know something. Mm. Embargo. But allegedly, there was going to be a platform share where Jeep has the Gladiator, and the doors come off, and the roof comes off, and the windshield folds down. And Ram was going to get a mid-sized pickup, a new Dakota, based on the same chassis that was a traditional solid steel cab. And that got killed a couple years ago. Um, that's the truck they should have come, because if, if you wanted to have all that Jeep capability... But in a more traditional truck with the taller bedsides and without the doors and stuff that come off and all that, could you imagine a, a little eco-diesel solid axle Dakota 4x4? Yeah, because— It would kill it. Yeah. And you could take the Mojave that you did with Jeep and do a, a little TRX version of—or uh, even a Rebel version of that truck. I think Ram totally missed the boat by not making a Ram variant. I would imagine that they're— in. The way Chrysler used to work in the past might not be the way it is today, but for the longest time, there was a lot of um, blocking from different brands who didn't want the other brand to have something. Is that kind of like uh, GMC and uh, and Chevy? No, I mean, it would be like the reason Gladiator didn't come out on the JK platform, well, one of them, and the JT was one, was because you, when you do a life cycle of a, a program, you sort of have your costs already locked in for the life cycle it would have added more cost to what they'd already put into it. But also, I heard that the leadership at Ram at the time was like, there's not going to be any other brand that has a pickup truck. There's no way. And then the 
guy who was the head of Ram and Jeep said, okay, Jeep can ah. have a pickup truck now, and which obviously worked out to, to be a good move. But I think sure. Ram should have had a midsize version on the same platform. I don't know. It's just, uh, you God, if you guys knew all the stuff that was on the way in Stillborn or what was going to happen and didn't see the light of day, it would blow your mind. All the I mean, Bronco's pickup truck got canceled. That was going to be a thing. Um, but I think they just thought it was too close to, to Ranger. Um, but yeah, it just, uh, anyway, it, the, the automotive industry is a, uh, it's a fickle, fickle thing, people. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> All right. Got one from, uh, our buddy RB or Popeye or Ray, AKA, AKA <laughs> says, uh, lighting and Holman, Holman and lighting. Yes. Uh, Ray slash Popeye slash RB. The guy I bought my 2020 Ram 1500 from is the commercial fleet manager at Crown Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram dealership in Ventura. I stopped by today to say hi to him on my way through Ventura and was surprised to see that Crown has a 150 to 200 classic car collection on its lot and in its showroom, completely brand agnostic. Because of the shortage of new vehicles, they decided to put some money into buying and selling classics and I believe also selling them on consignment just so they have vehicles on the lot and have something to sell. It's pretty interesting to see that at a new car dealership. A fair percentage are very well restored, some excellent. When I was there today, all except for one of the vehicles in the showroom were classics, and the classics were mostly Chevys and Fords, with the exception of one Mopar. I'm pretty certain that Crown is one of the few remaining family-owned dealerships, which I guess gives them the latitude to do something out of the box like this. Unexpected, interesting, and fun. Five photos pasted below to give you a flavor. And so... uh, the first photo is a old Dodge Power Wagon. Now, this crown was up in Ventura, he in said? In Ventura, okay. yeah. Yeah, there's there's definitely family-owned businesses around. There's uh, there's quite a few. Um, i got to imagine there's a lot of family-owned yeah. dealerships around the country. Yeah, I mean, there are corporate and there are family dealerships that own a lot of stores. Um, you know, it's no different than like the fast food franchises or something like that. There's going to be independent operators. There's going to be corporate independent operators. And then there's going to be corporate stores. Uh, because of the way the dealerships are structured, there's no, of course, automotive corporate stores because of dealership franchising laws and things like that. But yeah, yeah except you, for Tesla. Well, the, that's a whole, <laughs> a whole other thing. Whole other thing. Yeah. That's a whole other episode we can get into that. So anyway, cool to uh, see these uh, pictures of some old iron gracing uh, the dealership showroom floor. We see uh, it looks like a cool old 440 uh, Mopar RT. Looks like it was made for uh, drag racing. Looks like an old Bel Air convertible. Well, hey, you know what? This sounds a lot like Bose collection at, at Gas. Galpin. Yeah, Galpin. Yeah, Galpin uh, Auto Sports. Yeah. Also up in that direction. You know, family. Yep. By the way, another family dealership. Yep. Galpin. I mean, that's, that's look at uh, Jackson Ellis and the Ellis Glendale stores that they have. Oh, right. Yeah. You know, our friend Jackson over there. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of family uh, dealerships out there, and I think they're all getting creative. Uh, you know, I heard a lot of things. Like, for example, there's some dealers that were never MSRP markup dealers, but because Let's say if you used to sell 100 cars a month and now you're only selling 50, you've got to pay your bills and your overhead. So what I heard is a lot of those dealers are doing markup for things that are on the lots. But if you order it, they'll give you MSRP. So right now, if you want to get a vehicle and you've got time, order it, get exactly what you want. And most dealerships will give you MSRP and not have that giant markup. Although there was somebody posted today on a Facebook group that I'm in, three Hummer trucks on their lot, three Hummer uh, pickups. And the uh, had a back and forth with the guy. I said, hey, are they all the same? They're all white. Uh, and I think they're all first editions. He said, yeah, one has uh, $8,000 and more options than the other. The other two are identical, except one has the wheels and sticker package. Any of the three uh, for three seventy-five. And uh, the guy writes back, goes, Wait, what? are you selling all of them for that? He goes, oh, no, no, a piece. $375,000. Yeah. 
Yeah, no thanks. There, there isn't a new car. You know, so like well, we've seen gouging on. I've seen gouging on on Raptors, on Bron- TRXs, Broncos, on Bronkers. Yeah, I, I just called it a Bronkers. A bronker. Yeah, you've gone bonkers <laughs> with your Bronkers. No, here's the deal. Uh, I don't. I, I I hate dealerships that that gouge that mark up. I don't think that's a way of building customer goodwill. Right. So I'm against that. But what I will say is. Uh, it's even more appropriate on a new car. These new cars, when the computer chip goes bad or whatever, like, are we really going to be able to have these cars working in 25 years, 30 years? Will they will they actually be considered classics? Will there be a, an aftermarket making the computers that need to run these things? Everything has so many modules and stuff. That's why I think when you're seeing Barrett-Jackson and Mecham and, and these auction prices are out of control – because those are simple vehicles that people can enjoy and keep running for forever, essentially. There's there's nothing that's so hard about them to diagnose or fix. When the dealer network goes away and the StarScan tool does, isn't around to plug in or whatever, right. like what happens then? I just don't see you know, spending that kind of coin on a modern vehicle. But if you wanted to spend that on the right car that you love, uh, uh, an old classic or something that pulls the heartstrings, to me, if you have the money, that makes sense. It doesn't make sense on a new car. I don't. I, I don't get it. I would have. You know, there's nothing out there that I want so bad that I'm willing to drop almost all of what I owe on my house. Although, but, but you're looking at it through your eyes. You're not looking at it through the eyes of uh, uh, you know someone from Silicon Valley or a stockbroker from hey, you know you, from listen. Wall if you Street. can sell it for that price, more power to you. But yeah. there's not as many of those people out there as as you think. I don't know. A lot of lot of cars selling for over sticker. Someone's yeah, buying but, them. Yeah, but they're ten percent over sticker. They're twenty thousand dollars over sticker. They're ten thousand dollars over sticker. They're not two hundred and fifty thousand dollars over sticker. It's like, <laughs> that's like, I mean, just, just it's dumb. Yeah, it's dumb. People well, don't do that. I mean, what's he thinking? I mean, has he sold one at some no crazy price over sticker? I mean, I just saw it in passing. Maybe we need to call. Shook my head. Yeah, just call and tell him that you're. Uh, that, no, just stop that. I only have 374000 to spend. Yeah. What can you do for me? No, just tell him to cut it out and then hang up. Hey, can I get a full tank of gas? Oh, wait. No. I'd be like, hey, wait a minute. Since you're only putting eight gallons of gas in your gas cars, at least fill up my electric here, you know? And if you're not going to fill it up all the way, can I have the floor mats? Nope. Sorry, yeah, That's sir. what I want to know is is uh, in the the way things are going, like, what is the thing with an electric car? Do you get the undercoating? Do you stick them with the floor mats? Like, how do you, what are your negotiating tactics on your way out where you're like, my grandpa, cash on the table. No, all right, I, sir, I, sign I, here. My grandpa's like, no, no, no. I want a full tank of gas. No, uh, uh, uh. he goes, all right, I'll go to the dealership. No, no, sir, come back. All right, sir, sign here. We got a full tank of, that ah, floor mats. Oh, no, no, no. I'm only buying it with floor. No, sir. You know, my grandpa would have a wad of cash in his hand and he would just waft it in the air so you could smell the old money floating around, you know, and and just be a master negotiator and, and get everything. You, he'd come back and there'd be like, you know, floor mats and the full tank of gas and you know, probably, you know, some other upgrades and. He was legendary for that. So I think him. those days are going to die very soon. Is it going to be like Best Buy where you just order your stupid electric car on uh, online and yep. it shows up at your house? CarMax. The price is the price. Yep. And I think, uh, I mean, when you see- Well, CarMax didn't start that. That was like a Saturn thing. They did that all the way back in the Well, they're, they're, 90s. they're, they're crushing it with it, you know? I mean, CarMax, everyone- Well, if they have, because they have a nationwide inventory. And the, and I got to say that the, the prices, they don't, from what I've seen, and I go, hang out on CarMax on their app all the time, and they're not- Priced egregiously over what you'd expect, and no, and they, and they have the ability to do warranty and service and all that right. kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah, dude, I bought my old dually from Carmax, and I was thrilled with the condition, except I, for the color of the interior. 
Uh, well, that was, yeah, I didn't like that uh, tan. I swapped it all out for black. Didn't you get some uh, parts out of a wreck and you found blood on one of them or something like that? I... And then dyed, dyed everything black or what was the no, story? No, no, I didn't dye anything black. Oh, you just went I... out and got a black interior. Yes. But didn't you find like human remains in that car? Um, I thought there's a d- yes. door panel or something that had blood on it. Yes, but I didn't get anything from that car because I was, was haunted. Because I was too spooked. Yeah, it was haunted. Yeah, yeah, they would have ridden with it you. Was a, that was a Tahoe. Oh, it was a Tahoe. Mm. Yep, it was a white Tahoe with a black interior. And so I got a center console from from another Tahoe. I got um, a one seat. Oh no, I reupholstered the seats. I got the covers from Catskin. So those were my my stock yeah. seats. But I did I had to do all the plastics. I had to do the entire. Underside of the dashboard, I had to do the door panels, so I went to like two or three different uh, junkyards and just got panels. Took me a couple months and found every single one of them. Boring story, sorry. That's funny. I don't recall asking for a really, 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 really boring story. My God. Don't you understand? No one cares. All right. In that case, let's get to our next guest. Holman, um, we're not in our normal Truck Show Podcast studio right now. We now this are... one is uh, uh, brightly lit. Uh, there's plenty of room for at least eight people in this one mm-hmm. instead of the two of us. And it doesn't feel like somebody's leftover closet. <laughs> leftover closet? <laughs> well, you it's know when you have an extra <gasps> closet, then you have like the broom closet where you put all the dirty things. Wait a minute. I just heard an additional laugh that's not mine or yours. Uh, did you? That would be, there's a third person in here with It's probably the guy that y'all didn't let go to your studio (laughs) because he's from Louisiana or something. Like, what? You you don't let swamp people in there? What the hell? We love people from Louisiana. In fact, I've got all sorts of family in Louisiana. Our good friend Chef Corey Barr is up in Louisiana. I'm I'm owed a a trip out there to go see. Oh, my, our friend's a skyjacker from Louisiana, so. They're from Louisiana? Yeah. I didn't know that. West Monroe. Really? Southern Arkansas, really, but northern. Were they connected <laughs> before with like a uh, gorilla axe or anything? They were out in West Monroe, too. Uh, no, but they were with uh, the Duck Commander guys. They were ah, good friends okay. with those guys up there. We, we didn't say who he is. This is Corey Willis from PPEI. Wait, that guy? That guy that, that guy? we've had on the show many times. Wait, are we in any kind of legal danger by being in the same room with him? <laughs> I mean, From what I hear, <laughs> no. He might be past that. Can we talk? Because last time yeah, we talked to you, we were like, close. Oh, yeah. We are we close. over the hump now? Or are we... we got over the hump. We're on the okay. downhill of everything now. So right. I've got it behind me, and um, I think I'll, I don't know, I think I'll end up with like some felony charge or something like that, and Ooh. then we're all good. It was and cold. then can you get that expunged or wiped away? Because um, we need you to vote. We, uh, <laughs> you know, it's one of those things that I look forward to if that happens. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we, need, we, we want you to have firearms and vote, so uh, yeah, well, we, we need I, you back on our team. Well, honestly, I think I'm going to go in with a buddy of mine and create uh, firearms for felons, but they're not really going to be firearms. Oh, so Nerf guns. On steroids. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I've All actually right. got a, uh, we'll call it a Nerf gun, at my, <laughs> my house right now, and uh, it may or may not have shot a fifty caliber size round <laughs> and it we, we shot it through an old junk truck that i had bought uh for like a thousand dollars this and, just keeps getting better oh, oh, so it goes through one door and out the other door and the hole was beautiful was it a potato no it was a <laughs> it was a it was a it was a wonderful cartilage huh yeah, it's strong. Like it's like huh. it's yeah. It was sixty five hundred psi. Oh my Beast, dude. Gosh. <laughs> it's huge, <it's> beautiful. <laughs> sixty five hundred psi. Mm-hmm. There's yeah, no mar- there's no man. concealed carrying when you have that tank on you. <laughs> yeah, it's, it was. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a beast. But I want to. Uh, um, 
friend of mine just started a gun company. He actually was with the American Force for a, a long time, Rick Jimenez, and uh, trying to take and get something going with him on some alternative uh, firepower. So I like cool. that. All the legalities of that good stuff. Alternative so, firepower. How, I mean, wait, no, no, hold on. Go in. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Like, uh, all right, so if I'm unable to own a firearm, big F, then, uh, you know, I, I want something better. So I need something that I can shoot that's fully auto, like a like an airsoft rifle, but on super steroids. And since it's not a firearm then I can have, like, a fully auto 9 in my pocket. I mean, or a fully auto full-blown rifle, but it's not a firearm, right? It's not a firearm because it's not a pistol? Well, no, it's I just mean, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't have a... It doesn't explode to come out the barrel. Like, it's, it's air pressure. Okay, So, got like, it. your CO2 cartilages, like, you make those on steroids, and then, boom, you've got some good stuff in your pocket. Mm. Yeah. Right? I mean, I always have good stuff in my pocket, but <laughs> yeah. I don't want to brag. I ain't trying to brag. But. What do you have in your pocket right now? What's in your back hip right now, Mr. Holman, <laughs> that he accidentally forgot to take off as he walked through the uh, the metal detector here at Banks? Uh, uh, <laughs> he made it through. What you got? What, what, what you got here? Hold on. He's what? unsnapping. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What do I have? Oh, there he goes. Oh, yes. That's, that is, uh, that's not a Glock. No. That is a, he's it not a Glock like, fan. It looks, it looks kind of like an XD. Uh, Hellcat. Hellcat? Okay. Yeah. Nice. Those firearms over here. Hey, yeah. that's the, the only reason I'm I don't have mine on me is because um, I had to fly on the plane and <laughs> there's last no time, reciprocity in. Uh, yeah, I mean, the thing. last time I tried that, it didn't work out very well, and they it was like a three thousand dollar fine, <laughs> and I did have my attorneys reduce it to fifteen hundred bucks, and and I got my firearm back. Well, that's lucky. So that was pretty so good. You Here, they're not so kind Well, wait a minute. That. So you went all the way up to the metal detector, and that's where they got it. So I had someone clean my truck, and I told them just put everything in my backpack, and then I immediately had to go to the airport. And uh, There's no way the that TSA believed that. There's no way that. You told Actually, TSA it happens that. all the time. So when it, I got my uh, CCW, our sheriff said 99% of the problems we have is somebody putting, forgetting something in a backpack, walking on the plane. And that's the quickest way to to yeah, <laughs> get uh, to, to unget your license. Um, but so what I do is I actually have two different bags. So I've got one backpack that always is with me, and a completely separate set of gear for if I'm shooting. That way, not even a casing flies in the wrong hole or something like that. Like I keep them completely segregated from each other because you know how much I fly. Yeah, a lot. They More get than most. super pissed about the casings too. Yeah, yeah. I remember I our good friend Jason well. Gonderman one time. He and I uh, were flying out of LAX. And um, we're in line for TSA, and Jason says, I'll be right back. Oh, do you have the truck keys? And I said, yeah. And I didn't see him again. And I'm waiting in line, waiting in line, waiting in line, about to get on the plane, and Jason pops back up. I'm like, dude, I was getting worried. thought you'd missed the flight. He goes, uh, I realized I had some uh, AK-47 mags in my backpack. I had to <laughs> oh, yeah, go take yeah, them yeah. back to the truck. Yeah, they'll, get, they'll get a little pissed about that. <laughs> yeah, the only thing that kind of got me out of it was I had my concealed carry permit. And so, like, it gave a little bit of leniency. So yeah. they, they actually brought me down and did a little investigation. Thankfully, I was early for once for a flight. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, the guy, he was like, so why do you, I mean, it was nasty. I mean, it was, a, you don't like Glocks. It was a Glock 9, big extended mag on it. Like, it was, it was, the, it was, <laughs> Oops. it's a beautiful gun. So I, uh, I went down and he's like, man, why do you have this? I was like, well, and I told, no, I told this to the investigator. I said, well. I said, to be completely honest with you, if I'm at a restaurant and you're at a restaurant and someone stands up behind you with a gun, 
I'm going to shoot them and I'm going to save you, me, and the whole family. If I'm recording a podcast and you're recording a podcast <laughs> and somebody stands up, right. I mean, yeah. right. Make sure everybody's fine. Exactly. Stand up slowly, noted. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm, I, I guess uh, I'm glad to hear that the, uh, the legal stuff is starting to be in the rear view because that okay. was not cool. And if you have been paying attention, which I know you have, they are now looking at, before it was, you know, high profile individuals yeah. and then it was wholesalers or companies, then it was wholesalers. And now it's starting to take note of Joe Blow and starting to get down to a really granular level where before it'd be like, yeah, whatever, I'll buy it from these guys and I'll have it. Well, they're starting to take individual trucks into account and start looking at social media and it's mm-hmm. not just the shop I bought it from or the you know guy in Canada I bought it from or the the, the manufacturer who made it from my race truck in Mexico like that stuff doesn't really matter anymore and they're starting to get really really down and granular to the individual truck owners in yeah some it's cases. they're they're like really really taking it down the whole entire line which honestly I always said heck let the manufacturers do their thing and go after the individuals you yeah. know but but unfortunately that's not how it works but and hey I learned that kind of the hard way you know but seven years in, in battle yeah with all of that stuff and uh, you know we came out I, honestly we came out pretty good at the end of it all you know um well you've become a massive proponent of doing it the right way now oh exactly and and some of your you know social posts are like hey look at what we did dpf on here's the type of power that you're getting it's you know unbelievable and so you know kind of making the point that you can make it run fine and you can make it live and you can get really really acceptable power out of it and not have the headache always looming over your shoulder. Yeah, exactly. And then on top of that, like now, you know, our caliper, being forced to have to do the emissions present tuning, it's so much easier to do a delete tune, right? Because there's no fact checkers. Sure. <laughs> the fact checkers, the exhaust pipe, not the sensors, right? Right. So, you know, generally you just cal that stuff out. But with the emissions present, I mean, to do that, you have to be that good. has got to be perfect, you right? Gotta, you got to have skill. And you also have to make sure that... You know, because there's so many sensors and there's things that people don't realize that are so interconnected because of CAN bus now, where a wheel sensor is talking to a computer that's talking to, you know, traction management or oh, something yeah. like that. I mean, there's so many, so many like tentacles of information that are intertwined that never used to be the case. It used to be separate systems, a separate computer or, or, or you know, ECU, if there was a computer at all. But now because it can and everything is interconnected where one module may talk to 10 other modules and not just one downstream, you have to be dialed in and you never know, like you might get a weird check engine light and realize it has nothing to do with the performance of the engine, but it dropped some weird speed sensor or some transmission outside of the like narrow range of parameters. And all of a sudden now you're chasing that down. So you're not just tuning an engine or a trans, you're tuning a vehicle. Oh yeah. It's, it's, I mean... We've, we've actually started a diagnostic service on my website where we'll take and just review people's data logs and help them. And it's crazy. Like, a lot of people with stock trucks, they'll be like, oh, I threw in a, a missions message on the dash. It's like, well, send me a data log. Like, well, I'm just going to delete it. It's like, no, why don't you send me a data log? <laughs> right. the, reason it, the reason it probably You can save thousands of dollars yeah, just by dude, fixing so ex- the issue. It's so expensive yeah. now to do it, and it's risky. Yeah. And honestly, most of the tunes out there people are using for it freaking suck. Yeah. So it's like, let's find out what caused that to happen. You know, it could be a $75 sensor. I'll look at the data log, and it's like, oh, you have 16,000 PSI of low rail pressure. <laughs> of course it stopped the pipe up, but that the pipe wasn't your problem. You could probably fix the rail pressure problem, do a manual regen on the pipe, and it's going to be happy. Yeah. So th- the thing is, a lot of this is just educating the public, you know, because the, the old ways of, and I mean, I'm, I'm guilty of it, is, you know, whenever it throws that light, you delete it. And then 
the problem is, looking back in time, I wish we would have done things a little different, be more educated, because someone spends all that money, deletes the truck, and it still runs like crap because the initial issue wasn't addressed. Yeah, wasn't? it's not the DPF, and it's not the pipe on there. Yeah. It's something else. Yeah. Uh, lightning's getting up and bumping the table yeah, by moving a backpack. What dance? are you doing? Sorry, I, just, I couldn't. I'm looking up at you guys. I, I'm looking up at you guys, and it's bugging me. because He's moving chairs around now? I just couldn't stand any longer. I just... I blew a fuse. Hey, so that's, that's now I'm Jay, sitting so much that's higher. That's two errors now. So, yeah. You know, you forgot to play Corey's intro. No, and there's actually there's actually three errors now because no one can see us. They just listen to the podcast, and Jay says he's looking up at us. Oh, dude, two <laughs> podcasts ago, he was pointing at me while he was yelling at me on the podcast. I'm like, I'm you so know, they pissed. can't see you. Why are you pointing at me? No, but and I was gonna Why get like so one of those yardsticks. Oh, tell me about it. I was gonna get a yardstick and start smacking his fingers. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious. It's just like, I do my best to try to explain it after the fact. I'm like, I. I will just I will I will do right. my best to bring it to, ah, to life. I have a senile old man aging in front of you on a podcast. <laughs> what did I say? Right, yeah, no, I get it. I do this once Maybe a week so. with you yeah, for yeah. for four years. You know, I can turn I can turn your mic right off. You know, I can do that, right? Well, instead of turning my mic right off, I'll just talk. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just talk louder instead of turning mine off. Why don't you You're play? Back. It's on. It's then on. I don't have headphones. Why don't you play the intro? Here we go. Famous hero, star, VIP, ace, big wig, hot shot, truck famous, big shot, big deal, big gun, big cheese, heavyweight, superstar, truck famous. That's what you are. So I think you finally have graduated to the truck famous jingle. Before you were an entrepreneur, I think parts, he was a who dis, I think. He was who dis and parts department. I think you've had now all the big ones, yes. All right. So, so that was all about being an entrepreneur. And so you how this is the top level is the truck jingle? Where's the top level? So I need a truck. It's, like, it's not know, like Scientology where you have levels, you're not like clear in right. the truck show podcast world quite yet. <laughs> but what you are is like remember there yeah, as a kid there'd be like a box of cereal? And they'd be like, we have this one cent piece of plastic in here, but you should collect all 10 of them. So you tell, <laughs> oh, that's what we're doing here. Like we have lots of one cent pieces of plastic hidden throughout. We need you to collect all 10 of the jingles. I mean, you are, you're truck famous now, I think. I don't know. What's that even mean? I mean, mean? He, he's, I'm, not, I'm not even sure what that means. He's uh, federally famous uh, or infamous. Yes. Ooh, truck infamous. We need to have a new jingle for him. No, y'all. I'm legit about to be <laughs> truck famous. <laughs> Whatever. <all this. laughs> I, I, I predict like I'm going to have the, the, we're actually like prepping for like the media and all this other kind of stuff. So we've got like press releases. And so this whole thing stuff. goes yeah. public in what, uh, in, a, in a couple of weeks, maybe? Uh, yeah, One probably probably somewhere around two to three weeks, and it's yeah they're gonna <laughs> so a lot of people are gonna eat that up. So yeah. so, so Mr. Holman doesn't exactly know what's happening. Right, we've had some conversations off off mic, and he is he came to terms with the government. Yep, and both the government and Corey and PPEI will be making some announcements. About how much they'll be funding the uh, EPA for the next several I, years. I would assume that would be in it, right? They will disclose. Like, uh, we've all read yeah. on the EPA's website when the shop recently, I don't know if it was Lund or somebody else, yeah. got busted. And it says uh, what they had to pay out. You know, like when Derive got busted, who owns like SCT and Bully Dog, it had their payout or their agreement, you know, whatever millions of dollars. Yeah. Will yours have the same thing or no? So, you know how my, my like, one of my company slogans is redefining the limits? Mm-hmm. I have redefined the limits of what <laughs> the what fine amount is. <laughs> it's can millions. I, can I ask you this question? Yes. Will you still have your Lamborghini or is that now gone? So I actually got rid of, uh, it was a McLaren. Oh, that's right. It was a McLaren. But I knew it was something cool. So the thing was though is, is I ended up getting a Tesla Plaid and 
it rocked so freaking hard that I sold the McLaren. And now I daily the Plaid. It's freaking okay. sweet. All right. But type of vehicle aside, post fine, if you wanted to jump back into a supercar, could you? Well, or will it take a few years to uh, refill well, the, the dam? Well, I, you know, I, I had an inability to pay, so you know, we'll have to we'll have to see uh, whenever that'll come back around. I suppose. <laughs> no, I, I've got like this little uh, like car thing with one of my buddies, so like we, we we buy cool cars and stuff through there sometimes. So, no, nah, it's all good. Will, got, oh, wait, how about this? How about this? A partnership at a dealership. Got it. Will you be able to eat out seven days a week if you wanted to still? Oh, uh, there's a little Wayne song that goes with something kind of like that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, or do you not, have to pull the crawfish out of Lake Charles and eat that and peanut butter and jelly for a while? Um, no, I'm still gonna eat some good food. All right, all right. All right. <laughs> no, so it hurts. I mean, I mean, granted, we feel it, but honestly, you know, the money we've been spending for seven years on yeah. attorneys is is I, as I pretty much in excess of yeah. like what the fine amount is. That's sort of what's wrong about everything. Is is you pay these attorneys. Which you have to have. Yeah. But everything gets dragged on for so long, it just seems like you pay them forever. And it's like making spousal support payments or something. Yeah, I, I think if we would have been dealing with the right person at in, in government, that this would have been probably resolved in one one or two years, tops. Yeah. But uh, we were dealt some kind of bad cards and some bad luck. And, uh, you know, once I was able to get hooked up with the right people over there, I mean, we had it pretty well resolved in five days. So, you know, like a that. lot of it, I think, as well is like, who are you dealing with in government? What's their motive? Yeah. You know, and whatnot. Because they're not all... I, like, my initial thing was like, the whole government's evil. Yeah, yeah, you know, no, they're just F people everybody. like us. But, uh, you know, you have some people in there that, you know, aren't that intelligent. And then you do have some people that really just want to do their job and rock yeah. out. And the people And there's that, some people who have agendas and some who don't. Exactly. You know, there's so, letter of the law people. There's spirit of the law people. There's well, people... It you sounded know, like you had... It's like humanity. I think they're all intelligent because they made it there. But it sounded uh, like... Have ooh, you ever been to the well, DMV? Well, well, yeah. Well, no, okay. Right. <laughs> I, I got to buzz you on that. Right. But what I'm saying is it sounded like you had people with agendas. More more than just idiots, right? Well, they want to make an example out of you. Yeah, that that was a thing. I think it was more so like... You're taking of, to the public square for the hanging. But honestly, I think the biggest thing was, was that like I questioned it, right? Instead of just saying, okay... I'll take my, you know, my I'll, I'll take my little sum and yeah. roll out. It was like, well, no, I want to race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I want to get to the bottom of the VIN number thing, you know, like yeah. legitimate racing vehicles. And to be honest, I didn't have, you know, all the knowledge that was necessary to even make this argument. You know, it, looking back now, I, I wouldn't have tried to make it, I don't think. Yeah. You know, it was just a ton of money to kind of get Expensive argument to make. Yeah, exactly. It's really expensive argument to make. So it's one of those deals. It's like, go back in time. Would I do it differently? Eh. Yeah, no, probably so. But think but, of how much you know now and honestly how much you can add to the community just because you've been through it. And, you know, you're now a resource, whether you like it or not, right? Yeah. I mean, I think I think not only are you a resource for maybe people who get caught on the back end of this deal on how to move forward, but you're also, you know, showing people the new way of doing it yeah. that is, that's compliant, that's going to keep them out of the same headache that you had. And... You know, it's sad that you had to have, be the example that was that was made, but you can be like, look, you can either do what I went and get decimated by these guys for seven yeah, years. Don't do it. <laughs> for, for what? Another 100 horsepower? Right. And the thing is, too, is, you know, the, the way to fight them is not during your, your uh, request for information or your notice of violation or anything like that. Like, what I'd suggest to any, cause anyone that does get in trouble is... Well, Corey, you've talked to it. guys 
you've talked to guys who this is happening to or just happened to, right? Dude, I, 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 I get contacted once or twice a week of people asking me what attorneys to use. Yeah. Like, it's, it's happening way more than anyone talks about. Yeah. Some of the biggest companies out there are in lots of trouble, and no one's talking about it. And, you know, until they actually sign the deal, people really don't know. But it's, it's a huge issue. Now, and it's d- not just diesel. It's gas, too. It, it, it is gas as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they do Mustang stuff, right? Right. Yeah. London yeah, was doing a lot of Mustangs. Yeah. So why do you suppose that they are not we're not hearing about it as much. Is that the government is really good at keeping quiet or it because they're so scared or they immediately get an attorney who says, don't say anything. Immediately get an attorney who says, don't say anything. Okay. And it's, 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 my attorney said the same thing. They're like, do not talk about this. I'm like, well, if I don't talk about it, no one's, you know, it's just going to keep on happening. No one's going to know what yeah. you actually go through. But so. they don't care about everybody else. They care about you. Exactly. They're representing you. Right. Exactly. And, and you're going to undermine your own case. You are looking at it from a communal standpoint of how yeah. can I help the community? That was my thing the whole time was like, yeah. how can I set precedent for the community? And the thing was, is, you know, uh, we were well funded. So it's like, we're the ones that can do this. So I felt, I felt like, it. you know, we had thousands of dealers. You know, we still have thousands of dealers. But these guys depended on us. You know, they helped they helped bring us to where we were. And, and you know, people weren't doing it to try to just delete trust. They were having fun. So I was like, I kind of owe it to the whole community to put this fight up. And at the end of the day, I really, I mean, I got hit hard, no doubt. But like, I don't say that I lost because what we set for a precedent going forward is very beneficial to the whole entire community. Right. So like the way you go through, like being able to sell tuning while with your EO process, like I'm, I'm happy with the outcome. I mean. Like I said, I don't know if I would do it all over again by any means. Yeah. I've got a lot more gray hair than I used to have. But, uh, you know. Well, wait a minute. Hold, hold, hold on a second, though. If yeah, you, you say, do look about 45 now. No, yeah. he does have gray hair. I mean, literally, <laughs> I saw him last year around this time, and he did he not have very gray. tired. Yeah. He needs a hug. Jake, can you get up and give him a hug? <laughs> I can give him a hug. Yeah, yeah, there, I'm feeling like he needs a hug. Jay? You want to give him a nice yeah, hug like, right All right. Now? Yeah. Getting up. Jay got out of his oh. uh, tall chair. They're embracing. Wait, hold on. No, 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 no. Hold on. Hold on. We got to make sure that. There we go. Oh, I love it. You got a picture for social. Uh, Corey and Jay, the embrace. It was it was a beautiful thing. That was a beautiful and I, thing. I, it was a, it was I a, to take my headphones. It was a God off. kind of love, brotherly. Mm-hmm. No, dude. I'll, what I will say is like with this whole EPA thing is, I never realized the toll it was taking on me though. Like like on the real, it takes a toll on you, and it's like it weighs on your soul, dude. It does, and you know whenever you've got agencies saying if you don't sign this deal, you'll possibly be indicted in four days and the deal's just not right hands down and you're like i'm not taking that yeah but that's how they're getting you right they're intimidating you and they're allowed to lie and when you say indicted that means prison yeah right yeah and so like i've had those scenarios where i basically come back around i'm like i'm not taking that like you'll have to arrest me because yeah this deal just won't work it's just not gonna work and then Four days pass and they don't show we're back up. Negotiate yeah. again. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, and, and it was crazy though because during those times, like I have like congressmen and senators, attorney generals. They're like, if that happens, we're on it. We're on it. You know, stand by. And it, it really, it, it never happened. You know, but but like I said, but that doesn't mean it couldn't or it wouldn't to somebody else. Dude, totally can happen. Your situation you know? was different because you had enough friends in play, and and people who you know may not be able to change the outcome which they shouldn't right yeah. it's the, the rules are the rules f- fine but people that say hey listen he's, he's a good guy he's a good kid he, he he's trying to do it the right way he's willing to negotiate it's just not the right deal yeah. so not everybody is going to have no that going on that and you know the the funding helped but like i have the best attorneys in the world right so they are the ones that really really took care of me on the whole situation 
It was it was a nightmare. Like, now, is it like I a credit card with them? The more you spend, the more you get back in points. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> you gonna find a Tahiti off that? Uh, re- I, honestly, like my my attorneys knew my motive and everything, yeah. and they've been my attorneys for years, and they knew my motive and like knew there was no ill intentions here, trying to evade or nothing like that. And so they actually cut me a lot of slack. They did a lot of work at, at low cost hours. They didn't charge me. They've they've helped me really 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 well through the process. And, uh, you know, without them, I mean, I would be behind bars. And and what were you saying before I rudely cut you off, as I do so often earlier, when you're talking to a smaller shop that got busted, they were doing deletes, mm-hmm. they had three or four bays, they had trucks up on lifts, Mustangs, whatever they got, yep. and they're doing this type of, or just tuning. Maybe they weren't removing equipment, they were just tuning, and the tuning is illegal because it's, because it's, there's no yo, there's whatever, Right. What are you saying to these guys that just got a knock on the door from EPA and they're starting to threaten or the to seize ones, assets or any of that stuff? Or the ones who haven't gotten the knock on the door yet and they think that they're not going to get found out. Yeah. But like, that's the thing is a lot of guys think that they're skating the system. You know, it's like, well, won't you open up in Canada or whatever? It's like, dude, I've had business in the Cayman Islands for like eight plus years, right? So it's there's there's no... There's no protections with this type of stuff. No. If you're an American citizen, they're coming after you, and they're like, well, I'll do PMs. Guess what? The government had taken my Facebook account, and Facebook notified me and told me they took it. <laughs> right? They took, they subpoenaed PayPal, got all my information from yep. PayPal. So it's like, th- if people think that they can, in any type of way, hide from the EPA or the government in general, I mean, come on. We took those, we took, we take people down out of caves. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. They'll, they'll find you. Let's be you. real here. They'll find so, you on the uh, banks of Lake Charles if they want it should, to. But right? it, it cra- yeah. I, I, Holman gets upset when I talk about this stuff, so oh, I don't boy. care. Like, all the guys on, on YouTube, they're like, I'm going to go down and take my uh, my supercar to Mexico and, and do 110 miles. And I'm like, you moron. The signs are all green. I know you're in Arizona. I know you're in Southern California. I know where, wherever you are. Like, you don't, don't lie about it. Yeah. Because the people who work at in the government are like 37 years old. They're not 90 and totally yeah. out of touch. No, no. They, they're on, they're they're watching on YouTube. The same they're on Facebook. They're on Instagram. Now, they're probably on TikTok They as may well. not care, but there are certain people who are doing it for their job who are going to go, oh, right. add that guy to the list. You may not. You may think you're you know skating the system because it – or skirting the system because it hasn't hit you yet. You may just be on a list and they haven't gotten to you. Yeah, like it's I mean, com- it's coming. Yeah, I mean, there's there's one there's there's one investigator named Mark Green, uh, private investigator, and uh, he goes by the name Mark Green. It's not his real name, but he uh, he rolls around in like a, a a deleted truck with the with the turbo and stuff on it, and he'll pull up the shops, and be like, "Yo, look how we're going to do," and you think you're just being cool with somebody, but no, that's like <laughs> he's coming after you, <laughs> homie. <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, the. the to a small shop? That's harsh, by the way. He rolls up in a deleted truck. Yeah. Yeah. What's up? I'm cool. And his, yeah. I mean, when he bails, you're like, he's one of us. No, yeah, he's I mean, not. Think, yeah. I mean, these people are not near, like, people have put S-300 EGR. 300 for the win, bro. Well, dude, people have put on their site, like, EGR fix, or it's like, yeah. you know, some stupid stuff. Literally, these people read this stuff, and they go... You're an idiot. This well, is, yeah. so, this is gonna well they probably fun. have Our their friend, own urban dictionary of all the terms people use as code, right? Like they know yeah, weight loss is yeah. the popular term yeah. now. And Everyone it's like, says weight like, loss. I want to put my truck on. Who can well, get me I, a diet? I, I talk to people all the time and they're like, hey, dude, I just picked up my new truck. I hate emissions, blah, blah, blah. Do you think it's worth I'm like, no, don't do it. 
Yeah, it's not it's, worth it's, it. It's, it's especially with the amount of power that today's trucks are putting up in the factory. Yeah, I we, mean, come we, on. We crack 600 horsepower on the Fords and the Duramaxes with all the emissions equipment, right? I, I'm making more power now, emissions present, than I was deleted. You know, it's just calibrations come that far. See, and that's the trucks more have horsepower come that far. Than, a, than a Raptor EcoBoost. That's more horsepower than, you know, I mean, go down the line, except for everything, except for like a TRX or something. Yeah, like, you, you, come on. you take the tune file, put it in, and go run 12s at the track. Like, out of your big heavy truck what what more i mean yeah. obviously there's a lot more someone could want but the average guy yeah that's more than the average guy knows what to do with you know yeah. you're doing rolling burnouts oh, i love rolling burnouts love rolling by the way rolling burnouts, burnouts they are playing heard, oh they're playing they're tonight play, no, no no they're playing in louisiana it's a louisiana band oh it yeah, is they went back to their hometown of lake charles and uh they're playing there tonight so it's just you know they got big and they went back to their hometown it's pretty cool huh yeah yeah, yeah rolling burnout I'll have to look into that. That sounds like some BS. <laughs> I was going to say, Lake Charles isn't that big. I would probably know. Like, There is a band locally called Bag of Donuts, right? Oh, oh, Bag, Bag of Donuts. Donuts. They, they actually jammed They were opening for Rolling Burnout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah, they actually jammed. It's funny because I know Joey Bag of Donuts. He's out of Huntington that, Beach. That's a, different, not... that's a different Bag of Donuts. No, I'm serious. He's <laughs> Joey Bag of Donuts. No, I know he, he is. But, Club Rubber. Saying, but I'm saying he's not the same guy from the band. Oh, I see. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, what what a lot of I'll touch though, like the small guys, they're like, oh, they're just going after the big companies. No, I got one dude that contacted me, super small shop, doesn't even have a shop. He worked out of his garage, uh, was in the military, and he's facing felony charges right now. Is that the is that the husband and wife couple where they raided yeah, his house? I posted the video of it. Yeah, yeah. and like they showed up with guns at his house, you know, and then took and were like checking through all his cars. Like it was like it was like a you'd think it was a huge drug deal yeah. type thing. But here's yeah. one thing that I learned, right? So this because I've I've been to Washington, dealt with this stuff so many times. One thing that I learned that I did gain a different respect for is, you know, some of these people that are fighting this stuff really do think that you're killing their kids and their grandkids and like they're not gonna have a earth in seventy years, right? Yeah. So whenever they take you down, they think they're safe. It's emotional for them. They think that they just saved their grandkid. That's right. one less it's, person. It's, it's a, it's a moral win. Correct. It's a moral, it's a, it's a moral win. So mm-hmm. people are like, oh, it's all about the money. It's it's actually not yeah. all about the money. You know, it's obviously a part of it. And guess what? No. There's people who want to have a moral victory coming after you way harder than the people want the fine. Yeah. Right? Like, because it's it's to their core that they think it's the righteous thing to do. Exactly. And they're going to be way more driven. Yeah. And what's cool is like, you know, some of these folks, I've actually been able to sit down and have, you know, multiple hours of conversations with and they get a different perspective when it's all said and done. You know, it's just they live in a different world than than we do. Like, they don't understand why light-duty trucks are even produced, right? right? It's like, we ride well, our bike to work. Why don't you do that? It's like, well, my we, commute's 30 miles. We had <laughs> Matt Farah from The Smoking Tire come on, tell us how big, stupid trucks are horrible and, and nobody should drive one and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And by the way, he's a, he's hard a, car, he's, he's a car geek. I mean, he yeah. does car... But my point was he drives an old Lamborghini, he's got old Ferraris, all this stuff. I'm like, the emissions coming out of those cars are dirtier than the trucks that are driving... They, coming out right now that, that you're mad about. Like, yeah. why is it okay to hate on the truck, but it's not okay to hate on the vintage car? Yeah. And I'm not saying hate on the vintage car, because I'm, I'm obviously, I love vintage iron, but... Well, you drive a TRX, so, you know, you, <laughs> you, you're not too worried about it, right? No, I mean, I... Excited. They had to do carbon credits to release that motor. Yes, I know, well... Which is super cool, by That way. motor is going bye-bye in another uh, year. Oh, what, 23? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they, they, it was, what, 24? They moved it up a year, I think? Yeah. Yeah, so, so I think the last model year now is 23. So that was like the last grunting. It's we've been saying girl. it for we've been saying it for a year. I said right now, if you are a hardcore Americana V8 guy, mm-hmm. especially gas, because the diesels will be around for a while, this right now is the golden era of the V8. 
right now That's as it. we sit because it's one of this, the reasons that I ordered a TRX. One of the it's smaller, but it's one of the reasons. Yeah. That I feel like this would be my last opportunity yeah. because oh, yeah. they are going three ninety two Wranglers. TRXs. Personally, I think it's cars. an investment. Like, I think it's one of those things, like, kind of like 69 Camaros, yeah. that, where your grandpa's like, man, I wish I would have kept yeah. that. Well, I think that's what the TRX is It will be. be. And, like, the last years of all the Hellcat, like, I yeah. think those are going to be worth a ton of money. Now I feel stupid for selling mine. Yeah. <laughs> and yours was, so, Holman, he tuned his. So tell me about your tune and what you're able to achieve with it. Well, and for, you don't, now this is not a tune for sale, correct? No, it's you, not just for, for you. sale. Like, yeah, so. I got the truck, and the first thing I did was obviously I unlocked the ECU and made it to where I could tune it, and I, I was using HP tuners on it. And uh, dad logging it, I just seen the thing after like three or four seconds, it just falls on its face, right? And the math curve is going straight up, right, which represents the, you're making power. Yeah. And the thing at six grand shifts while the math curve was going straight up, and it's like, uh, yep, nope, you need more, you need higher shift points. So I did a trans file on it, and then I uh, also within three seconds the truck's actually at close to like 585 horsepower because it goes into cat protection component mm-hmm. protection so and it's dropping it all the way to 585 it goes the, Corey actually uh, took that vertical curve and made it go backwards in time <laughs> yeah <laughs> amazing no it uh yeah the, your air to fuel ratio they target about 11 8 uh wide open throttle and after roughly three or four seconds it it'll drop down to 10 2 to under 10 on the afr oh. so it's dumping the fuel trying to yeah keep Com- compensating cool. keep it cool and you, that's why the performance in sport or normal is different than launch uh, launch control. There's a noticeable difference when you oh, get yeah. launch control, like like maybe a second zero to sixty, something like that. Like if I just if I just goose it from a start, it's fast. Yeah. But when I put on launch control, it's an adrenaline dump that pushes you back. In yeah, your seat. strong. They're strong. Yeah. yeah. My so mine was it was you know it it hit seven seven hundred horsepower, but then it would drop down. So I extend the shift points out to take take advantage of the airflow, pump the engine harder. And then, uh, yeah, I, my my truck ran eleven ninety. It it was ripping. So it was seven hundred sixty five horsepower. That nice. ran good. And that was just with a tune. Uh, we and the thing is, is I'm not the gas tuner at the shop. That's Eric that works for us. He's the man. I just kind of rigged it up to where it wouldn't do that stupid stuff. Yeah. And it was night and day. Yeah. Like it ripped. It, yeah, there's there there's a couple. I won't say dead spots because it's still pretty healthy all the way. Yeah. But below maybe 2,500, there's a little bit of a hole. Yeah. Where it's like, whoa. And then all of a sudden it like lights up and comes alive. You're like, whoa. But if you're like in moderate throttle and you're just cruising and maybe you just do like a half throttle to pass somebody. Yeah. If it doesn't downshift and you have it within whatever gear, let's say six or seven. It's bogging? It's not boggy. It's just there's a little bit of a hole. And I feel dirty for saying that because the thing has so much ungodly yeah, power and it's so fast but when you drive it and you get used to that level of power you know you, you notice it you want the, all the time yeah and, it, and there's definitely and you can hear the induction and you can hear the trans and the exhaust and there's certain places where you can catch it just a little bit flat foot it doesn't last for long and it's not super annoying but it's there and like I said, I I feel like I married a supermodel. Then I'm like, ah, but she got a zit on her chin, and it's really <laughs> distracting from her yeah. eyes. You know, like it's so stupid, but it's there. You yeah, know, there's a the little hole. They, uh, the cat protection EGTs, I think, is uh, 1650 on that truck. And so what I did is I basically extended out the limiter, but I added timing to it as well. So that cooled the EGTs back down. And I was able to take, and I can run that truck for 13 seconds before it would even hit the factory 1650 limiter. So wow. then I ended up putting the uh, like the timer for that back stock, and the EGTs were enough to keep it. So when you say cat protection, it will start melting the cats? So, yeah, yeah. So, like, you know. Uh, 
Just like in diesel, when you're watching EGTs, you still got to watch the exhaust well, you're, gas. Well, you're worried about out. it melting the turbo, yeah, but you, know, you don't, most people don't think of melt or no, no. damaging the cats. Yeah, but you, yeah, exactly. Like yeah, obviously, there's no turbo on it. It's it's a belt supercharger, but you got to worry about what's coming out of the headers and and everything. You got to remember too, all the new vehicles, all the cats are right up against the headers, so they light up faster for cold start emissions. So yeah. there's there's almost no room for any temperature loss. Like you're right there coming oh, out yeah. the engine. Yeah, I think uh, I want to say that it's the the cats are supposed to be lit off in 15 seconds is like what I think Carb has it at. I think it was around 15 seconds. Yeah, that sounds about right. But the yeah. Uh, yeah, the truck's super super strong. But the engine, the, the power was really cool. But what was awesome to me was like I could drive it like a sports car. Yeah. Like I I I broke a strut on mine. I jumped it. I don't know how many times. I got videos of that thing flexing out on stuff. Were like, you worried do, about do you the still, powertrain? Do you still have a? Do you still have the broken strut? Because I know the guys at Bilstein, and they've been asking for anybody because they, I saw what they did in testing, and it's unbelievable. So the few issues that I've seen out there, they've they've been like, hey, send that to us. We'll send us a new one. So oh, um, nice. I know the guys behind it. If uh, you know, yeah, no, we uh, we we got, went ahead and uh, did warranty on that. <laughs> <laughs> so they may, maybe they got it anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's all good. No, I actually I just sold the truck this week, and the only reason I sold it is because. That was my daily driver, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're not that great for towing. Like, it's a fun truck, right? That's what I tell everyone. It's a fun truck. Yeah. Uh, and when I got the Tesla, like, man, it, it's, I mean, yeah. Yeah, but you, may, you still miss the bed a little bit. Yeah, but <laughs> I've got, you know, I've got the diesel trucks at the shop yeah, if I need true. a truck or to tow something. Or to get through, like, the, you know, I was going to say, you know, earlier, and we, we kind of w- glossed over it, but while the last seven years, you... Grew the company, moved the company, got hit by a hurricane, oh, got yeah. hit again by a hurricane, <laughs> lost the shop. I mean, like, there's that. My point here, bringing it back, is like, you, there's definitely times you're going to need a truck. But then I also wanted to bring back like aging over the last seven years. It wasn't just the government. Like, oh, like yeah. there was a million things going on. You went through hell and back, dude. It was it, like every everybody's like, how are you always just still so happy? It's like. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here, man. <laughs> like, I'm here. I've got a, a company that's freaking doing great. Like, why would I be? There's nothing really to be upset about. It's just and things. He, and he races side-by-sides and wins, actually. I, so he's yeah, a champion. that's my thing there. Yeah. I love side No, I'm not the champion. I'm not the champion. You are in this room. Well, if I'm the only side-by-side racer, yeah. I'm kind of the champion. No, we're just losers in general. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. All we do is sit in front of these microphones and pontificate about things we'll never do. That's it? Yeah, so pretty much. We do some things. Uh, no, we're, we're not really. No, not really. chill. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yeah, no, the UTV racing is like, that's that's my thing, uh, 100%. And we're planning on releasing the calibrations at the end of this month for all power sports. Can, can I ask a, a dumb question, as I so often do? Side-by-side racing... As opposed to, why not, I mean, you build, you tune cars and trucks. Yeah. Why not either flat track cars or, you know, racing Laguna Seca, Monterey, you know, uh, Thunder Hill, stuff like that in a car? Or why not something like a short course racing in trucks? It just feels like that's where you would expect to see Corey Willis, but you're you're in a side-by-side. Yeah, my thing is like, I don't know. I, don't, I feel like I haven't earned uh, short course racing in the truck yet, right? So my end goal is trophy trucks. But... Um, I need to win in side by sides uh, and 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 become a champion in that, and then I will have earned going to the short course trucks. So I will, I do plan on doing short course trucks. But uh, this year I tied, I was tied for third all the way into the last race, and then a uh, fellow Kyle Cheney, he just won King of the Hammers. Uh, he ended up beating me out on the last one. He got third, I got fourth. And uh, the the Cody Miller and Hunter Miller got first and second. I mean, just world renowned, freaking amazing, amazing drivers 
And so, and they're full factory racers and whatnot, where we kind of just come in there and like, hey, what's up? We're with <laughs> DPI. But we've, uh, we've done really, really well. Uh, I mean, everything we raced in, we've top five pretty well everything. And uh, we're, we're rookies compared to everyone else in pro that we're racing. It's, I mean, we're the rookies. So we're doing really well. Uh, our cars are just freaking dialed, man. <laughs> well, how much has being a tuner helped that racing endeavor? Oh, everything everything i mean our cars are turned down when we go to the track where most people's are turned up mm. right so they have i've got gobs i've got 240 horsepower on tap at any point in time where most folks are you know kind of hoping for 220 so uh we've gone out at that track actually i've, I've ran three different turbochargers out there and found the smallest turbo was the best for this specific track so uh we go out there and uh generally around 215 horsepower has been money but we've got we've got more on tap but the track just won't accept it so you learn a lot you know it's traction is everything like my my brother runs the whole race program for utvs at my facility and I mean, they spend six hours grooving tires, you know, there's so much that goes into it. But the thing is, I'd much rather learn on the UTVs on kind of a smaller scale. And then once we perfect that, then we'll go to the trucks and we'll be, we'll be ready for it. So, and then when we do the trucks, I'd really like to do it with a diesel in the trophy truck aspect. So it'd be, I think that'd be cool. And no one, Alman and I have talked about that quite a bit. I mean, I, I'm only aware of one or two maybe that have tried it with a diesel they just all assume it's too heavy and, and whatnot, and they just don't do it. But you could do it with a Duramax. It's 100%. not that he- much heavier. It yeah. really isn't. You could totally do it. It's, it's big just VA. the problem is everybody puts these friggin' big donkey turbos and stuff on yeah. them, try to go for a 1,000-plus horsepower, but they have no torque under the curve. Well, so not only that, and they're, they're, you know, it's hard to get them to spool depending on you know, where you're at on the track and stuff, yeah. and it just takes so long to build power to get up on that turbo it's just yeah. there's all that wasted time in the beginning where they're just kind of waiting for the boost to come on yeah that's whenever it's hard ready, later but i mean yeah what, get off what the use is that right yeah. so it's like whenever we get ready to do it i'll do a super turbo setup whenever mm-hmm. we decide to go that route you know we'll, we'll we'll probably do that number but yeah the utv stuff is i mean that's that's what i pretty much live sleep and breathe for fun right uh it just so happens to be that we ended up incorporating you know tuning and parts and testing lots of parts uh, on that platform so it's it's fun though i mean man it's it's a blast and a lot of people was like well you why don't you go drag it's like i drag race for years you know i mean it's a straight line it's fun you know you got you know a few seconds and it's over we're, we're going to win this year well, that's what we're going for we went for it last year and we were close this year it's, we're coming for it. and who's the team it's you and who so it's it's me my brother and then we've got two guys that help us with it as well when we go but it's pretty cool my whole family ends up going out to all the races too so uh there's support through the roof so we can if we could rebuild a whole entire car and be ready for the next round no problem but you're doing all that southeast stuff you're not doing southwest right yeah uh the the so you're doing all the races back east <laughs> Well, I say that they, the West Coast and all their racers, and they all got their asses kicked. So I don't know. What oh, did they now? By the way, yeah. this is where uh, Lightning uh, inserts the uh, "We are sorry" mm. for calling half of our audience. Uh, Just trying to get under his. Uh, under his sure you are. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> no. The, honestly, it was kind of so. The 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 West Coast guys are all running Polaris's. And it was unfortunate, but the Polaris motor simply does not hold up in short course. Um, I mean, they were going through three-plus motors a weekend. Polaris was just sending, you know, multiple motors out. They, they even brought an engineer out one time, and the engineer had said, oh, you're driving too hard. It's like, this is racing, my friend. <laughs> this is racing. Where the, the Can-Am side is like, yeah, send us all your data from that race. We want to 
take and put those parts on our next vehicle on the next platform you know uh but the west coast guys like like the anderson brothers right you got like rj anderson and like they're they're studs man they can freaking drive they go out there and put up some good battles i mean we would go back and forth and uh they, they just couldn't keep a motor together the polaris come out with some upgrades this past year so i'm hoping they come back out but where i'm racing is called the texas outlaw series that's that's where the top guys are so the guys that have won the the absolute elite of racers that's pretty well where they're at so that's what we're sticking to for this season we're going to also race a, a another spot what well, my brother is with his pro and a honda talon um at a, a complex called mao and uh that place is beautiful dude they got a lazy ri- it's an off-road park and they have a lazy river they nothing bring in like better. dennis anderson with monster trucks <laughs> nothing better like, than lazy river no right? not especially after you've been dirty and bounced around Let's the desert in. to go sit in the lazy river oh with, uh, a, with a beer yeah just, see i i used to think awesome. the best thing was a cold beer at the end of the day or ice cream out of the bottom of your dometic fridge or something not no, even close it's a lazy river lazy river yeah lazy river's where it's kind of dude dirty. i could go for lazy river right now at night I don't with the care. with the lights coming up I'm through sure. the water, yeah, you've got yeah, a, a floaty with your and then they have, two beers. And then they have those little alcoves, or like the couples are out making out in the corner. You're like, I yeah. see you. I'm right here. I'm I'm, I'm floating too. They don't Do you get jealous of that. No, a little bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> got super weird right there. Yeah, I, well, I, I thought <laughs> well, I was just so fluent. Like, yeah, I, actually I thought I was going to say something, and then I thought, nah, I better not. I'm just going to leave that. I'm going to let that one slide. Oh, there it is. What's the biggest? Gain. I don't want to say just horsepower, but the biggest improvement on any truck that you've had, that you've you've tuned or that you've worked with, like where you go, wow, that I transformed this truck, EcoBoost, Eco Diesel, an old Ram. What was it that you were like, wow, this is a new truck? I'm really, I'm patting myself on the back. The L5P. Really? The, yeah. The was, new Duramax, seventeen yeah. to seventeen to current. Yeah. The 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 Duramax, the new Duramax was was definitely like the one that was holy crap. This thing makes gobs of power. I yeah. mean, I took my truck bone stock, freaking put a death file in it, <laughs> and went twelve thirties. <laughs> oh and my gosh! I was like, and the oh, bottom end is so stout on it. Dude, they're on monsters. LFID. They're monsters. Yeah. So those are, but I mean, ultimately, it, when you go back to like the older Cummins, like the super, like the LB7 LOI Duramax, right? They're super turds. And when you tune them, they come to freaking life. Like they are, they'll hang with any of the new vehicles. So. It, oh, well, hold on a second. Let's talk about this because I'm on these Duramax groups all the time and guys are always trying to compare. It's the guy that's got the old LOI or he has an LMM or, or and he's like, you guys with your 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 tuners, your little puny tuners on your on your L5Ps, my LOI will walk over you. And I'm like, mm, I don't think Wait, so. On. Let me insert real quick. What was your favorite version of the Duramax before the L5P? Oh, LBZ. LBZ, yeah. Hands down, LBZ. That was that had the fifth mm. injector, right? In the uh, before the um, catalyst to burn up the fuel in the, or mm-hmm. I'm sorry, the ninth injector. That's the LMM. Oh, was that the LMM? LMM? That's LBZ the first one. So LBZ yeah. didn't have it. No, it don't. No, they started it. that in 20, 2008. Yeah, I get all confused because when I, I was at Diesel Power as the editor in chief, and there's so many damn versions of the Duramax, oh, yeah, and like I'm like, wait, which one had that? Yeah, yeah. No, the uh, so I mean, right now, like the world record holder for a stock Duramax is one that we tuned. That's an LBZ. We ran 1180 with it. Now, granted, we had this truck light. I mean super light <laughs> and so that's that's the biggest reason it went so fast uh, the fastest trap speed we've had is out of the l5p but 
I think we still, I want to say we still had the LLY record. Someone may have beat it by now, but it was like 12, 22. Hmm. And so the LLY with just a mouthpiece is, and a trans is a stud and a, and a lift pump, obviously. Like that thing's a, a super stud. You know, it's a 550, 575 horsepower setup and they're lighter than the L5Ps, right? So I think out of all the Duramax generation and it had a bigger, a, a really, really nice turbo on it. So I think out of all of the platforms, the one that's most capable of beating everybody is probably the LOI. With the, but it but it has to have all those supporting mods, you know. Without all that, I mean, LBZ's uh, LBZ's still pretty king, you know. Uh, the the thing with the L5P is the trans; they can be modified to shift much faster, uh, and that's what we're using. I've got a L, I've got a thousand horsepower emissions present L5P that we're gonna try to run this year, and uh, yeah, it's gonna be a man. And, um, but at that a one has the trans at, at a thousand horsepower, it's one run, and then you've got to manually regen the DPF. I would assume, right? Mm, I don't think we're going to sit load the DPF. Really? No. If anything, we'll break it. But I don't know if it's going to sit load it. So what we're actually doing is I'd rather sit load it than break it. I'm just saying. Well, you yeah. saying break the DPF? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, it's very possible we'll crack it. So, but I don't know. I've got to get the data crack first. It. How? I've never seen a DPF. Explosions. You're, you're talking about crack the the inside the like make it so hot the it just mesh fails. material. Well, I, I, well it's going to have you know it's going to have so much nitrous on board that we're going to have a <laughs> super lean mixture. Gotcha, right? gotcha. So like I'm I'm basically taking a, a small modified turbo and waste gating it, and the rest is nitrous. So which I'm <laughs> kind of doing it because for one it's easy to stay keep it emissions happy with yeah. the small charger. Yeah, yeah. But another thing is I love nitrous, so nitrous is great. Yeah, but the thing is, uh, right now we've we, we got the truck going back together, and um, I need a cam for it, Jay. I need a cam. Um, for an L5P cam. Mm-hmm. We oh. have a new race cam, and it's actually you have seen Corey right out here mm-hmm. in the in the warehouse. Lockjaw has the new race cam mm-hmm. in the L5P, and that's the supercharged engine. And we'll be coming out with a super turbo, eh, at our rate next year, end of next year. But there will be a super turbo. But we're going to launch just like that with a. We just talked to Dustin Whipple, our friend, and he is going to do the uh, 3.8 liter Gen 5 supercharger all billet, just oh, like you nice. see that one. That so, dude's a stud, huh? He is a stud. Yeah, Dustin's a yeah, stud. He is not afraid. Yeah, that dude. That dude gets down. I, I mean, I don't know him personally, and I've never talked to him, but I've seen his work, and then see what he's been doing with y'all. It's like okay, the whip. I've installed Whipples on like like. Uh, I had an Escalade and installed a Whipple on it, and the thing ripped. It did good. Escalade! Uh, he, I mean, it he thinks ripped. it's cool. He thinks it's cool to do this Duramax project. Yeah, I mean, Homan and I have had him on the show a couple of times, and uh, he's going to be coming on again because he's got... Um, Stuff to talk about. He's got the new TRX supercharger oh, nice. coming out, and he's launched the, you know, the Ford F-150 line with the Coyotes. Right. And he's one of the only guys with a Ford-authorized tune for that setup. So he's got, some, he's got some cool so, stuff going on. I have a on. question for you. Mm-hmm. When you're doing an emissions legal tune, mm-hmm. do you have to have the vehicle and a tailpipe sniffer, or can you modify the tune to make it you know efficient without having the vehicle present know that it's still legal? Yeah, totally. Uh, but the thing is, is like whenever we start developing the cows, I want to know every single thing about the truck. Like I literally basically put trucks through a torture tra- torture test whenever we get them. Uh, I'll take and put it on the dyno, bring it to full torque, and let it sit there till it derates, and just let the thing eat. And what it, what it does, it lets me get fingerprinting. So yeah. it lets me get the worst case scenario in OEM form. 
And so once I get that data, then I know my limits, right? So the best thing whenever you start tuning is, is knowing what your upper limit is. So I'll hook up, uh, I generally hook up a wide band and then also I'll put a sniffer uh, down the tailpipe too. And then I compare that data to what the ECU gives me on feedback and uh, especially watching like oxygen content and whatnot. So once I gather all of that data and I get the baselines, everything, then whenever I do it remotely, I know, I know my set point. So, mm-hmm. but I do gather all of that information right off the bat before we ever tune the truck. And what does your competition do? Hmm. <laughs> no, but I mean, so, like, I, I'd say that facetiously because I know that what the competition does. They don't do any of the baselining. They no. put on a dyno and they just run it and, no, I will and, and they out. do these six-second blasts. Yeah. Not everyone, I will obviously. Shout, well, the only company I know that does do it right is Duramax Tuner. Hmm. Right? So, Nick Pregnant. Yeah, we know Nick. Uh, we've yeah. had Nick on the show. Yeah. Wait, have we had Nick Nick's on the show? Nick's a stud. Man. We haven't. And he's got a killer we, team. We've had uh, the other guy from Duramax Tuner, Calibrated Solutions, is... Yes. Paul. Yes, we have. We've had Paul. Paul, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, no, that that company is doing things really, really right. Like, they're doing things well, and, and that's who I like to compete against, or good companies By the way, did like you that. see that? He not only pointed at me again on a podcast, mm. but snapped his fingers. Ooh. I don't care. Maybe he wants you to do your I don't step. care even a little. You could do it all by yourself. Hold on. Should I just take care of him right now? <laughs> <laughs> Sidearm. Yeah. <laughs> Point at me again, boy. Yeah, you no. would be doing me a favor by taking me out. Probably. God, not, not, so maybe dark. even your wife a favor. I think so. I think the boys like you. I, I'd be sad for them. <clears throat> I just need to call my uh, insurance agent, make sure that uh, my life insurance is up to speed. Hey, um, what do you care? You won't be around. Just let me know before you do it. No, I, I'm I gonna... care. I don't want a bank. You know, I don't want them... That you won't know. To have to go to work or something. You won't God know. forbid that. You have no idea. <laughs> I'm going to put key man insurance on, uh, on Jay. <laughs> so, and then, uh, so uh, delay this for a few days, please. Yeah. <laughs> Mary, attorneys. Yeah. <laughs> Make this happen, please. <laughs> Hold on. Let me change the but Wikipedia no, entry. <laughs> right. No, like uh, those guys do it, do it right. Uh, they're good competition. The stuff you're seeing out now, like with the deleted stuff out there, like these guys are getting, most of them are getting their tunes from Europe. And then the guy from Europe private labels them, sells them to another guy, and they'll go four chains down the line. And then you've got the kid that started last month with this base file delete calibration. It doesn't throw codes. And, like, dude, it sucks, right? I do this diagnostic service on my site that I get to see this every day. I probably do over 20 logs a day of people saying, hey, my stuff's messed up. My tuner said the truck's fine. It's fine. And I'll look at the log, and it's like, dude, he's commanding 62 pounds of boost pressure your turbo veins are the, the they took the max limit and upped it. So yeah, you're gonna blow your turbo up. It's like two days later. Hey man, it blew my turbo up. <laughs> <laughs> so that should be like you know when you go to uh, the PPEI website and then it goes like contact us and then there's the drop down menu. You can have like one of them be I blew my blew turbo, my turbo up. up. Yeah. yeah. yeah <laughs> Why did I blow my turbo up? <laughs> yeah. It, it's it's so crazy though. Like on the data logs, I'll see them and then tell people what's more than likely going to happen or what the actual issues no. are. It happens. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Every no, time. dude. Yeah. It boost leaks, man. I diagnose more boost leaks than anything. I tell you, for any of the listeners, if you modify anything on the that has to do with the air, buy a boost leak tester. Right. Like it's one hundred percent. You got to. You well, so it. so one of the things that we run into at banks a lot is guys um, who have boost leaks don't know it, of course, mm-hmm. and they immediately go. They, they're always regening. So a, yeah. a modern truck that's got a diesel particulate filter, the first thing that happens when there's a boost leak, it starts running really rich, really rich. And I don't actually know the reason. I just know that that is what happens. You can probably speak to the reason. But if air is getting into the system where there is a leak out of the system between the turbo, the intercooler, and then back to the intake manifold, 
They run crazy rich, and it just overfuels. And the guys are like, I'm, I've been in regen nonstop for a month. Like all, and that's the same scenario every time. And I go, check for boost leak. And in the new Duramax trucks, there's a plastic fitting on the bottom of the, the, the throttle body. Um, and that plastic fitting just cracks. The heat cycles just get brittle, yeah. and it cracks and it breaks. Yeah, there's a shelf life. Like, yeah, there is. A X, X amount of, I mean, let's be real. DPFs don't last forever, right? They're supposed to last 150,000 miles, right? That's that's like supposedly the OEM. That's that's what we were going to back is 150,000 miles. But here's the thing. If there is X amount of regions that thing can complete in its life before it's it's toast. So if you have a boost leak or something like that, and that thing's regen all the time, I mean, you can decrease. You're, you're running out yeah, of you can kill 75% yeah. of your DPF life. Right. But to break it down even more, this is what we deal with a lot. Is people say, well, I don't have a boost leak. It's making boost. Well, let me break that down. So you can look through the mass airflow, like, like mass airflow, right? Okay, I got a lot of mass airflow coming through the intake, and then it's making boost. So I don't have a boost leak. Well, no, that's not the case. The case is the turbo has X amount of headroom that it can still go up in vein position to meet the desired boost request. Mm-hmm. So where that turbo at full tilt maybe was supposed to be at close to 20, 30% vein position, now it's at 55% or 48%, whatever the upper limit is, assuming that the tuner didn't disable it, which happens all the time. So people will come around and say, well, it doesn't, it, it's got boost. Well, yeah, it's got boost, but it also has a god-awful amount of back pressure because that turbo's so tight trying to make that boost pressure that that's what's killing it. Your shaft speeds through the sky, and then why it gets rich is, you know, it don't matter if it's gas, diesel, it's just an air pump, right? So if you're pumping fuel, but you're not pumping air, because the mass airflow sees it coming through the yeah. intake. And then it disappears somewhere and it says, between. Oh, I've got plenty of air. Yeah. I'm good. And so not hit the turbo. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's, it's, you know, it's overfueling the truck because it sees it coming through the intake and it doesn't realize that it's losing it on the back end. So, so what, what causes that? Is it bad hoses, bad clamps, people cheaping out on like the intercooler? So fit? where, where I mean, we're what? seeing it is on the rubber couplers that they use totally. a lot of times or the hoses, the yeah. hose clamps yeah. will break. And again, there's plastic components. If you look at all, a lot of the intercoolers, there are plastic fittings four to six inches long. Uh, and they look really robust at first. You know, when they're brand new, the truck's up in the air, and you're looking, and you're like, okay, this is solid. But after a thousand heat cycles, I've never looked at a plastic fitting and went, oh, I like that. Uh, I, yeah. I'm just saying, like, you look at it, and you go, oh, it's new, it's stout. It looks it's, like it would work. Right? It looks like it would work, right? Exactly. But after a thousand heat, you know, heat soaks, and and then God forbid, the guy lives somewhere where it's actually icy, yeah. and it's going from molten hot to ice, you know, in a couple of hours, they just crack, and you might get a pinhole. A pinhole is enough to do it. Oh, yeah. And, I, dude, I have seen, there's been trucks parked out in front here where the guy, uh, oh, dude, remember, see, I did it again. I snapped. Sorry. It pointed oh, and Chris snapped again. I got to stop that. You get so, one, do you remember, one more shot, and then I get a shot. Do you remember uh, Truck Guru, Chris Payne? I do remember Chris Payne. He had his L5P. What a cool name. He, Chris Payne, P-A-Y-N-E, yes. Even cooler. He, um, he had his L5P, I think it was a 18, and was always in regen. And he came by here going, no one can figure it out. Can you help me? And he's like, uh, so he stopped out here one day, could not, he, we were pouring over it, hooked up our diagnostic uh, diagnostic equipment. And we're like, I, we think he, we didn't, we didn't have a boost leak tester here at that moment, mm-hmm. but we got it on there. We took a couple laps and we could tell that he was, it definitely had a leak. We just weren't hitting max boost. Where was it leaking out? I couldn't figure it out. So, you, you know, on the L5P, um, where it's coming out of the turbo and it makes a right-hand turn straight down mm-hmm. into the engine. And that part is steel, right? Right. I think it's stainless even. It's about a three-inch 
three inch pipe that goes straight down on the backside that you couldn't see. I reached around it and I could feel this line. I go, Not the, the first road? time you've reached around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Come on. I grabbed a mirror. Sure enough, there's a crack along that, that 90 degree bend and it was all coming out right there. Found it. Found it. Found it. He replaced it. 34 pounds of boost and that was so that was go. it yeah mm-hmm. we see it every day man and another thing too is like the older trucks right you're, you're things people don't think about older trucks and they've been beat on they've been down every rough highway and form you could think of the motor mounts suck right so you'll start taking and having some flex in there and and that creates havoc you know on people with twin turbo systems or, or compound systems you know they'll they'll have a it'll be mounted not exactly perfect and yeah. if you don't have a good hard mount that thing flexes so it's just a constant chasing your tail on boost leaks you know we we always take and use super super good clamps we hairspray everything all that good stuff but i mean heck it still happens but what we're seeing a lot right now that i'm diagnosing is for some reason i guess i guess a lot of the tuners out there especially for l5p are using the same base file from that that sucks and they're when they're they're literally asking for fifty to sixty pounds of boost. So that seems when like a lot. It's crazy, right? So the drive pressure, the the pressure buildup in the system is just unbelievably high. So that's why you're seeing people blowing intercoolers and just just tons of stuff like that. Is just the cows jacked up. Like it, honestly, these trucks don't really mess up that much. Well, no, I don't. I don't think that people understand because we'll test intercoolers. You saw the intercoolers sitting out here. Yeah. We will. We will charge them. We will literally pump. Us, you know, I don't know what, what to what PSI because they're all different, yeah. but we'll pump it until they crack and explode. And mm-hmm. it's a lot. It's usually lower than you would expect, oh, yeah. especially with the cheap, the Chinese stuff coming in. And by the way, that's um, at room temperature. Right. right? You're, you're doing yes. it at 70 degrees. You're Correct. not doing it at 110 or at 32 or something where, you know, you think of how these trucks get used everywhere from the, you know, Canadian oil fields all the way out to towing a fifth wheel through Death Valley oh, yeah. and everywhere in between. Altitude, sea level, Alaska. cold, hot. I yeah. mean, just, this is crazy. So it's wild. Um, I don't think people, they look at it and they go, it's metal. It's not going to explode. Yes, it will. And it yes, doesn't it take will. nearly as <laughs> much as a spe- And a lot of it's aluminum. Mm-hmm. And those aluminum welds, they might look pretty, but if they didn't penetrate correctly, right. they're going to crack. And the only exactly. way to know is to you know, x-ray it. And you're not going to x-ray every intercooler that you do or do a you know, test like that. No, I mean, these guys who are making these inexpensive intercoolers are not x-raying squat. No, that's what I'm saying. Is yeah. Like, yeah. You have no way of knowing because you could have a machine that makes a pretty looking weld. And you go, oh, this looks like quality. Mm, not so much. Yeah. I mean, do that? Yeah, there's the so time. many questions. You know, we we've talked about intercoolers before. It's like there's so many dimensions. You know, if you make the intercooler too the, the core too thick, then you starve your engine behind it, right? Or you make it you have a massive amount of boost loss going through the intercooler. So you might really be effective and having have a really good temperature drop, but now you've lost four psi going across. Yeah. You know, like there's so many things. It's a so balancing many factors, act. You it's know? a balancing and, act. But the thing is, like, if people, especially tuners, like if, you know, you got a lot of really great shops out there that catch this stuff, no problem. But people just don't, I think they just don't use common sense on how this thing works, right? <laughs> the air's got to flow through it. So it's easy to diagnose, like really, really, really easy to diagnose, even with a basic data log. You know, if you use common sense of, oh, why is the vein position this high? And why is the mass airflow this high? But why am I making, you know, this amount of, of, of back pressure? It's like, well, you know, there's, there obviously there's probably something wrong with the system. Whenever I, we do it, like if I'll test something at the shop, I freaking boost that thing. I, I put them up to 40 PSI. 
you know it's like oh that's too high we'd we'll go 15 20 pounds it's like well how much do you run on your race tune in the truck right 36 38 i'm going to 40 and then you do the leak down you'll find you'll find the leak in, in a heartbeat but a lot of people do a smoke test on them and they'll put like five or ten pounds of pressure and it's like oh there's no leaks it's like <laughs> put more yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> put more <laughs> uh, hopefully though the industry gets starts getting a little bit better on diagnostics i mean that's the that's the basics before anyone becomes a tuner they need to be able to diagnose really really well you know that it'll <laughs> so <laughs> you what, should know what's how that the, works i mean is that the number one issue you see with people is just having what they think is a solid base tune and working off that yeah. without knowing the truck? Yeah, all the time. Uh, I mean, or the components too. I mean, are people cheapening out and doing the Chinese intercoolers and a silicone boot off of Amazon that, that who knows you know what quality it was made with? And, and really, like maybe they have a really bitch in tune, but the hard parts are wrong. The thing is, is the people that like have a really bitch in tune generally won't contact me because their tuner actually knows kind of what they're doing so they won't be left to to drive you know or just driving a, a freaking terribly a, a, a truck that drives like crap their tuner will catch it and say oh i see what's going on here and then they'll they'll address them and tell them what to fix on their truck or make changes uh but what you're what you see it that's huge in the industry now is just i mean you can get on ebay and amazon and and literally buy libraries worth of tunes right and you don't know what you're getting i mean yeah. i've seen people ha- buy tunes off of ebay that are labeled ppi and then install it in a truck and the customer's like hey i got your tune it's like well oh, that okay. was lowercase p lowercase <laughs> p a three and, and a P-P-I. capital i yeah <laughs> <laughs> like rolex uh, with a k yeah, so they'll do that and they'll contact us, be like, hey, it's it'll be at L5P. They're like, I just deleted it with your tune last week. It's like, uh, no, you didn't. You did not do that because we, we haven't set that out in three plus years. <laughs> so not happening. And uh, they'll get screwed over, right? And then we'll get their dialogues and then they'll tell me, I was like, who'd you buy this from? Who's your tuner? I'll contact like straight up and I'll let that person try to tell me the truth first, right? I give people, I always give people an out. And if they're being stupid about it, I'll post them on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I've seen a few of those. You're like, so here's a conversation I had today. And you're going, oh, well, oh, popcorn. Hold on, hold I, on. Wait, wait. Can I go back about two months where you went on kind of a uh, rant, not, a, not not a rant or a tirade, but you just started out haranguing, a good old fashioned oh, haranguing. I like a haranguing. Yeah, it's been a while good. since we said that. Yeah, yeah. Good, yeah. Um, no, inline tuning. There, there was uh, a company a while back that was advertising all kinds of false things with their uh, inline box. Yes. So sh- should we explain the way an inline box works really quickly, just so people know? Yeah, the, go for the, it. The difference, so a flash tune, you're going into the ECM and you're changing the, the fuel and the boost maps, right, right, in it so that the truck doesn't know any different. It thinks it, it was always programmed that way from the factory, right? Yeah. At least it's supposed to. An inline tune is a device that goes in line of the, between the sensor and the ECM, and it lies to the ECM. In a very simplistic term, think of it as like the old way that you used to like uh, tune a speedometer with a potentiometer, right? You would put a little box in line, and you turn a little screw, and it would alter the signal, and that would do your <laughs> speedo to a different thing, stuff, right? Yeah. Right. right? So super simplistic. Obviously, you're doing way more than that. But essentially, you have... A and B, and there's a line attached to them. You put something in the middle where it's lying about A to B, and B goes, oh, I'm getting this. Let me calibrate myself for that signal, and all of a sudden you're getting better power out of it. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's a good breakdown. But, you know, some of these guys will have something that's like just a rail pressure fooler, right? So it just does rail pressure. So And then it's not connected to the ECU, so the ECU has no clue what's going on. 
yeah, it's it's not the right way to do things. But there was a specific company online that was making lots of claims, right? And then they were their big claim to fame was look at your dash and you'll see how much more mileage you're getting. And so I basically I didn't just call the guy out. I actually had given him an opportunity to come demonstrate his product uh, at my place, in which the deal I offered him was $10,000 if your product comes over to my place and just does as advertised. And if it doesn't do as advertised, then I'll post the data. So he had nothing to lose. Yeah. And then he turned all the comments off. Yeah, no, he's out, so I was right? banned from that same guy. Well, let's be no. honest. That's not a normal for you to be banned from Jay, you get people. Banned I've only it? been banned from two Facebook pages ever. Wow. And and they've been because I'm trying to warn customers. I'm, I'm like serious. Like you're trying to warn podcast people yeah. right now. And so what it's doing is this inline box, the way that the reason Corey said it's it's only on fuel rail, right? If you command more fuel, which is the only thing that this box can do, right. it is only connected to one sensor, and that is the sensor that tells the ECM how much fuel to spray into the cylinder. All right. If you command more fuel, which it says that it does because it gives you horsepower, it can't also save you fuel. And I like in this. I've, I've said this before. That's no. like eating a double Whopper with cheese, yes. so you can lose weight. Right. right. You now, that's cannot the double have Whopper with cheese diet. You can't Jay. have both. Now, and the guy of, was claiming that. So, like, so the, where they get this claim from is, you know, it's a, it's a rail pressure box, right? So the claim is, is that with the higher rail pressure, you get better atomization, so everything's fine. But the problem is the balancing act isn't balanced. So whenever they're commanding this, it's completely unbalanced. It's it's also inconsistent. It's it's not stable. Here's the big one. Because they're lying to the ECM about the fuel, when they're commanding more fuel, the ECM doesn't know that it's um, it's it's receiving an underreport. So let's say we want to we want to command thirty thousand pounds, uh, thirty thousand psi. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to tell the ECM you're only at twenty seven thousand, right? So I need to, it'll command three more thousand, and really, well, it, we're at thirty three thousand at that point. Right. My point is that your DIC, your dash, doesn't know about the extra fuel that you're commanding. That'd be that, the driver information center. It, yes. So your driver information center does right. not know uh, that this box is lying to the ECM. The ECM is reporting mileage that's not true because it doesn't account for the fuel that's the, the extra fuel. Yeah. So it's always about two to three miles per gallon, which is what that guy is, is banking on. I know we're talking about the DIC, but are you also an advocate for the low-hanging CAC? <laughs> yeah, the charge air charge cooler. Charge cooler? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, well... I, I like how you said CAC. What, what about the DIC? <laughs> right, that's what I'm saying. We were going from DIC <laughs> that, to CAC. Yeah, right? It's yeah, very right. important. Now, what were you going to add? <laughs> so, to, to, to break it down even more, exact, this is exactly what's happening is the ECU says, okay, I need, you know, 80 mm3 worth of fuel, right? That's a fuel volume, millimeters cubed. So, whenever you're cruising down the road and it says, I need 90 mm3 to operate at this speed, at this load... And the box is injecting more fuel in. Well, that vehicle is still looking to to maintain that speed. So it, what it does is that rail pressure box actually takes. And since you increased rail pressure, it actually lowers down the, uh, the, the injector pulse width, right? The injector opening time. That's the end of the line. That's, that's what's heading to the cylinder. So when it does that, for it to maintain that same load... It has to decrease the amount of fuel that it thinks it needs. In reality, it's 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 not. But the ECU thinks that it is actually taking and lowering the fuel quantity 
And that's why the dash reads higher, because the dash is basically referencing the MM3 of fuel and the distance traveled. And uh, whenever it actually has to lower its commanded fuel, because the rail pressure box is putting in that much extra fuel, that's what makes the DIC actually read higher. So it's And it's super, super easy to... I can look at a data log and tell someone, like, this is... This is FOS. It's not happening. But that company that you were trying to out is banking on the fact that your dashboard is incorrect. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, all their claims about it is just, just, just terrible. Bunk. But the thing is, is I tell folks, it's like... Hooey. Yeah. I tell, I tell guys, it's like, I don't really out anybody. I give them an opportunity to come prove me wrong. Because, I, I mean, if I get proven wrong, awesome. I've learned something. In that case, I would have lost money. But, I mean, I was 100% not going to lose money on that one. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, it, 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 it kind of leads into the private label thing, too, like like for like those units, you know. The, the, it's crazy to me that people will actually advertise, like, this guy's advertising 80 horsepower, this one's 60, this one's 120. It's all the same freaking thing. It, it, the moral of, of people doing that is just weird to me. Like, it, that's, that's weird to me. It's just like trying to make money. You're, you're talking about it's one box that they've all put it slapped a different sticker on, and they're all making bogus claims, and it's literally the same circuitry and programming in that box exact same but thing. maybe it's a different housing yeah that's and, that's, that's it. it that's it yeah yeah that's it there's a lot of products like that floating out there snake oil not, yeah not just in the uh, ecu world i know but we've talked about this and you you've you've talked to gail banks a lot and mm-hmm. and people wonder why he goes on these tirades why does he compare his units uh his inline tuners to the the guy that you're talking about or to these other these other tuners it is because these the companies all get painted with the same brush. Right. So you talk about a guy who may invest literally a million dollars in in a similar uh, product line that a guy has ten thousand dollars invested in. Right, exactly. And everyone's like, "Oh, they all do the same thing." He's like, "No, God, it is no, not. they're not." No, yeah. you know. To me, the biggest thing is if if no one says anything, well, then the snake oil is just gonna it, the, the the tank's just gonna grow higher, right? So somebody's got to be the bad guy. You know, Gail, I mean, we can say Gail's been the bad guy for who knows how long, Well, right? I think, yeah, I mean, obviously he put his reputation on the line of being the clean diesel guy that everybody's like, old man Banks is at it again, screwing us from having fun and rolling coal. No. He's, he's a bad guy to, in Scooby-Doo. He's trying to educate, yeah, if you're yeah. for you meddling kids, right? And he, I, th- you know, I think now all of a sudden Gail's sort of a hero because his message hasn't changed, his delivery has, and because the environment around has changed, people are going... Oh, the the crazy old guy's not so crazy after all. I mean, he's calling people out. Let me get the popcorn out. This is awesome, right? Because they're they're being entertained by the videos, but they're also being educated, and and I think that is part of what has brought Gail full circle back to relevance, right? Because yeah. I think Gail in the eighties and nineties was the man, and then the two thousands was sort of like the dude on you know your crazy old uncle yelling at you from the porch, and nobody cared. Then all of a sudden they're coming back, going, "Oh wait, he was right this whole time." Yeah, and I, mean, I think they respect that. Yeah, I mean, I've I've had so many hours of conversation with him over super technical stuff. I mean, the the guy's knowledge is through the roof. If he says something, it's it's pretty good to listen. Yeah, you know, a lot of times people's like, well, it doesn't take all of that to to accomplish the goal. We do it with just such and such. It's different levels. Yeah, <laughs> different yeah. levels. Yeah. All right, I got a question. Uh, going into now twenty two and twenty three, where Global B is coming mm-hmm. into play. Let's talk about over-the-air updates and tuning because we've had a little bit of that conversation uh, with a few people uh, who do tuning. Uh, SEMA, we had a few interviews like that. I hosted a panel on tuning. We talked about Global B and some of these other architectures that are coming and over-the-air updates and how uh, 
anything you do can be bricked overnight without you knowing about it on your new, let's say Ford F-150, for example, or a gazillion other vehicles that are moving over to ECU architecture. What are your thoughts? What does it mean for the business? Are we hitting a brick wall and it's going to be everything 22 and older that gets tuned for a while? What's what's your take on it? I do think that it's going to take a little bit of time to figure out for one if it so so the the security they're using in it and the the cryptography is just it's like Pentagon level. Yeah, yeah, and then on top of that, especially you know, like I've seen it with my Tesla, you know. As soon as you would crack it and there's an over-there update, well, now the cryptography changed. Yeah. So it's going to be super, super difficult. Not sure if it's possible. But what I do know is is I've been expecting it for four years. Yeah. So uh, we will have a solution for that. Even if the ECU is uncrackable, we will have a solution. Well, I mean, there's Tesla tuners that are out there that are essentially removing the modem module from it. Yeah, but that sucks. Right, though, because dude. now you don't get everything else that comes with it. Yeah. And there's, there's some cheating with what Tesla server sees and things like that. Yeah, and you, don't, few... you don't get the video game updates either and your, and your drum machine and stuff. Yeah, that you, you know? the drum machine. I love that thing. <laughs> no, I'm excited for it, honestly. Um, it's kind of a fun challenge. Yeah, I like the challenge, you know, and, and people are like, well, what if you can't tune it? It's like, well, we, we'll find alternative methods, but we're, yeah, we'll make we'll, it work, we'll it out, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, it, yeah, it doesn't scare me. I mean, it's going to be different. Um, it, it may totally be uncrackable. But uh, will we be tuning it? Uh, hell yeah. The key that would be awesome <laughs> is if you could access the over-the-air over update protocols, and as soon as a mass OTA goes out to everything, all your customers just get one right from you right behind them over the air. So they don't even know, you know, overnight, it's like PPEI has graced you with a uh, new tune, right? And you're like, ooh, or something, right? I mean, I, I don't know that that's even five years out, but I think that, especially vehicles out of warranty, if there's a way for you to use that OTA system and the aftermarket to be able to engage the ECU in the same way the OE can, that could be a game changer oh, for a lot yeah. of people. I think, I mean, I'm excited about the new platform. I mean, it's kind of like the L5P. When the L5P came out, it was like, oh man, JTAG's turned off, everything's locked. But, you know, in time, there were solutions. Is it expensive? Yeah, it's expensive. Yeah. But there was a solution. Uh, Global B is a different animal, hands down. You know, I, Should we, can we, can we talk about what, I, we mentioned yeah. before in other episodes, yeah. but let's talk about what Global B is. It's basically a new software pro- or a platform, I guess, that manufacturers can use to base their ECU on, right? I mean, it's yeah. basically a, a brand new, like new, next generation yeah, new, car new, management. New protocol, new, yeah. <laughs> whole but, new but, but how it's different, it's not just over-the-air updates, right? It's it's where the modules will self-check and rewrite each other, and if you hack one, then they just patch it up on their own. So, I mean, that, that's a dumbed-down version, right? That's a dumbed-down version. Okay. Yeah, well, it's thanks. Like, Why don't you say I'm an idiot? Why don't you just call me an idiot right now? No, You're no, an idiot. No, I, mean, <laughs> no, I think what it is, is it's it's... I, I don't want to get people scared about the matrix, but it's self-aware. Right. Right? Like, you change something, the system knows and goes, hey, what's going on over here? Where before, it just sort of runs code and operates. Well, now, there's going to be, like you said, uh, uh, either a, a healing element, a self-repair element, a reporting element. There's going to be something where the system knows something was changed, yeah. and it's going to do something about what it. What I can confidently say is we'll be tuning it within a year after it comes out. 100%. Wow. Yeah. And if you're not, the Truck Show Podcast gets $10,000. <laughs> no, we, we, we will. Um, if, if, if we can't, can't crack the ECU, we'll be tuning it in one year. Interesting. Yeah. We're prepared so for it. I, interesting. I started, so I started wait, this he, four years ago. That's a weird paradigm. If we can't crack it, I'll still tune it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. How would you do that? 
Uh, just the same way you used to tune Nintendo back in the day. Up, up, down, down, A, B, B, A. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Is yeah. that it? That's yeah, yeah. that that's simple. It'll be con- uh, cruise control up, uh, tilt steering wheel down. Uh, Can you imagine if they accidentally left a hole in it like that? Yeah, we... we no, come on. Software engineers always leave back doors for stuff. Always. Oh, they're starting to close them up, though, uh, uh, quite a bit, right? The the thing is, is that, you know, I knew Global B was coming roughly, you know, six, seven years ago. And so about... And Global B is not just GM. There's other manufacturers that will be using yeah, it, right? People, but, I mean, they're getting locked up more and more, you know, all the time. But, but Global B is indeed a different animal. But it's not something that's coming unexpected. And, you know, we had started on, on a product that we'll be able to take and, and do whatever we want with anything. I mean, I'll plug it to your lawnmower and let that thing rip. Ooh, ooh, interesting. <laughs> but no, it, it, uh, we're prepared for it. So hopefully, though, we can we can do a do the actual ECU calibration in it, crack it and custom bootloaders, et cetera. What? But it's probably not going to be possible. Who knows? But tuning it, it will happen. What, what do you think the ramifications are? What is What will GM say or do? When someone cracks the um, the Hummer, for and here's why I ask: there are safety systems, autonomy f- systems, where it, in theory, I believe that you're a responsible person in what you do. You're tr- you. We didn't get into like you saving half the world with your water project, which maybe we'll get to in a minute. By but, the way, <laughs> funny but, you should mention that because one of the things we talked about at the SEMA um, things that I hosted, like the uh, the forums, mm-hmm. was a way for manufacturers to partner with known tuners where the autonomy and the rest of it's maybe sandboxed out, but the tuning element for superchargers or turbos, things like that was left open where you could, you know, get some sort of permissions from the manufacturer to play in this area of the ECU without affecting the safety systems and the other things. Yeah, and that's, that's hopefully a thing to come. That. Yeah, I've, I've spoke to GM Performance at SEMA about that, and, like, they were they were saying that was something that was one of their goals. They want that to happen. Really? Yeah, Ford talked about that, that, that as well. Now, granted, I, that, that was two years ago at SEMA. Yeah. You know, I haven't been, but, yeah. Well, so I guess my question is, it, it sounds like what's happening with Whipple, I could be wrong, but it probably sounds like, are, let's probably, be but when it sounds like they gave him the keys to the fueling and the, the, the maps, but not to it's anything like being at else. a hotel. You're on the property, but the, your key only opens one door. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Right. So that they didn't want him messing with only one sector, let's call it, of the ECM. Right. And the thing is, like what they're doing on the new ECUs, they have what's called a digital signature. Right. So that, that's what kind of plagues uh, the new ECUs. Is, they call it signing. So each segment or port number has a digital signature. And if you if, if that segment's locked or it's signed, then you can't modify that area. So I haven't really done any research into what Whipple's doing, but what I would imagine is, is they've left certain areas of the ECU open, like what you were saying, and they probably give them keys to re-sign it when it's said and done, is, would be my assumption. Yeah, and I mean, that's part of the partnership that, and the benefit of partnership as an aftermarket with an OE right. when you're providing a genuine accessory part that's going to go on and be warranted or that you know they right. want it to work well. And so you get a little bit of a uh, extra leeway or leash do, than the average aftermarket do company. the whipple does the does the vehicle the whipple on it have a warranty uh ford performance yeah oh really yeah wow. so i think it has a warranty i think you can do i know for sure it's a ford performance part i don't know 100 percent if it's off-road use only or or but i'm pretty well, sure there's a couple it's, there's one they're making for shelby and that one carries a yeah. shelby aftermarket warranty yeah. and you get the 50 state legal all that car and on the whipple one that is sold through ford performance then you are you have a ford performance warranty 
which I also think may or may not be an actual Ford warranty. It might be a Ford performance mm, warranty. Yeah. Anyway, he's, he's yeah. tied in where it's still you know offered through the OEs. Yeah, exactly. But my question, though, is let's say you crack into the Hummer, okay? They don't want you in it. For, let's just say that they for GM Performance is not up to speed yet, and maybe GM Performance hasn't got the okay from the mothership, right? Because GM Performance is still the performance division mm-hmm. and not the big boys. So you get in. You're hot rodding this thing, or you're doing whatever you want with it, and they freak. They're like, you're not supposed to be in this, because maybe you gutted the damn thing. Like, you know, let's say, uh, you know, Rich from Rich Rebuilds. It pissed off Tesla. Right. You yeah, know? it did. It pissed off <laughs> Tesla. <laughs> you know, he pissed. is in there, and then he goes and puts an LS in a Tesla, right? <laughs> so and now, and now, and now, well, And now he's put a Cummins R28 in a, in a, in a Model 3. I don't know if you saw that, but <laughs> he's, putting, he's putting it coming. What, 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 how do you respond if GM goes, give us the vehicle back? Uh, you know, I don't know anyone. I think we'd have to refer back to the only thing I can think of off the top of my head is, is I think John Deere uh, went through this with aftermarket tuners. Yep. And they that's lost. The, that's the right to right? repair act that yeah. they're working on because in the agricultural side, because they're basically treating a new piece of ag equipment with also having a software license. So it's not good enough that you own it, that only their people can engage it. So there's a right to repair act that is going around. I don't know what the status of it is, but that's why all the old farming equipment has exploded in pricing because everybody wants the pre-computerized stuff. And so that way they're not tied to, you know, John Deere. That's understandable. I mean, yeah, I get it. Yeah, I mean, why? Why if you can't repair your own stuff, then th- that's not great. You got to take your combine out, or have the John Deere guy come out to your property in the middle of nowhere, and and all that added cost and expense, and to get the laptop and the software, and and so yeah, it's that's a huge thing on the farming community right now. Is that right to repair? You bought it, you should own it. No, oh, sorry. When you bought it, you bought the software license. We own the software. We own the computer. You may physically own the tractor, but you can't do anything with it without us. Yeah. What I what I think would actually happen is if, if whoever the first one to crack it or whatever would be that hacking is really really good for security, right? So I mean, uh, the, the big conference out in Vegas, Black Hat or no, not Black Hat. Oh, what's the other one? I, I went to it. Um, uh, DefCon. Oh, yeah, that's the Def big Con. one. You're right. So I've been I've, I've gone to DefCon. It's super super cool. Right. Make sure your Wi-Fi is off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you do. Yeah. But uh, no, it was it was an airdrop for that matter. Airdrop. Yeah. yeah. Everything. Just go ahead. And Whoa. Turn your whole phone I off. didn't ask for those pictures. Yeah. Just just leave your phone somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. But no, I've, I've gone and, uh, you know, I've, I've been in the courses over at DEF CON where, you know, it's automotive hacking. And what you end up seeing a lot of times is those guys will end up hired by the manufacturer. Right. Because they show vulner- vulnerabilities in the system. Yeah. Um, so, so, so reverse did that with a Jeep Compass or a Cherokee a few years ago, where they changed like the images on the uh, DIC and changed some things that the vehicle did, and were kind of showing off like what they could do once they got inside, and getting into basically the car wirelessly through the modem, and then forcing their way yeah, in. Yeah, I mean, and, it was a huge thing with OnStar a while yeah. back as well. You know, people had, had hacked it through the OnStar system, so there was a a massive deal on that. So, I, I don't know. I think. Uh, I'd hate to be the one to find out, but, you know, I, I would be willing to bet that they would probably contact you, find out how it was done, because uh, obviously if someone cracks that right off the gate, um, that could be, I could completely understand an OEM coming around and saying, hey, 
how'd you do this? Because what if they have someone going rogue in their yeah. own department, Especially right? on autonomous driving. Right. So it's like, if we if we cracked it, you know, Push our a team, button and 50,000 cars all of a sudden become your own Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a serious, you know, I can understand. That would be a pretty serious thing. So I think if that, if someone did that, then they would need to be able to prove their work of how it was done. Oh, well, there was an article this past week about Ford and the OEs in Detroit are double, you know, doubling down on getting uh, software engineers from other industries for this exact reason. Yeah, it I mean, is. the 22 Ford has a, a, a new security on it. And actually, Bosch went to uh, a, a pretty high-level security around July 21, I believe it was. And most of the stuff after that has been really, really difficult to, uh, really difficult to work with. Did you catch that? I did. Difficult, to, not uncrackable. No, no, no. Difficult he, to work with. He chooses his words carefully. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm yeah, a writer. I, I picked it up. No, uh-huh. it, it. Yeah, that's <laughs> no, doable. All right. So, so we tuned. We tuned that up. So we did actually like one of the uncrackable ones was like the 22 Power Stroke. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, well, you know, there's not really a good method for this, but we did some vehicles that were uh, Army conversions recently. And uh, it's one of those things, like, when it comes to, to military stuff, like, I want my calibration in there because yeah, yeah. I know those guys yeah. are going to be safe. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we did one on 22 Ford recently. So. It was actually transplanted. It was a transplanted motor. So we actually had to get around the whole VAT system and everything. Like, it was mm. it was a, it was a good one. What do you mean? It was uh, VAT from – it was out of, out, out of the country? No, like, the, uh, the, the anti-VAT system, basically. Okay. So, like – it was transplanted. Like they put this thing in like a big van that it didn't come with and then like built the whole system around that. Like it's super cool. It's got like a big 50 cal on top of it and super gangster. But they reached out to us and, uh, you know, we can't do deletes or anything like that anymore. But if they have an emissions exemption, like the from military. the military, so we'll do it. And that was another thing I fought for very hard yeah. that I, I'll, I'm still going to do those. That was a yeah. hard line for me. And yeah. I was able to keep that. Well, you should because you're help, you're actually helping the government and helping our boys out there. You're right. helping part of the government. Part. Well, I and mean, what everybody like kind of not to go down this rabbit trail, but, you know, everybody thinks government is one entity. It's hey, not. The, the EPA really yeah. doesn't care a whole lot from the military right. side. And like yeah, there's this all, huge, they're all fighting each other all the that's time. That's what I meant by part. But to, to kind of get, get back on it. Uh, yeah, we, we took and actually had disabled the whole security system on the thing, so that way the transplant would work properly, and then uh, ended up doing the cow, so that way it could go out of the country and not break down. It was it was a cool project, and I, I, I sent them everything, and I said, uh, this is probably not going to work. I said, so let me know what's pissed off on the vehicle. And probably the first time in a long time that I've done something of that caliber on something so new, and it, it worked perfect right out the gate. I was expecting some type of issues, but hey, it worked. Yeah. Every once in a while, squirrel gets a nut. <laughs> all right. So can we all agree in this room that tuning's dead and uh, it's irrelevant going forward and we can move on to what really matters, and that's uh, Corey's water project? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I had a conversation with him uh, over the last day and a half or so, uh, an ongoing conversation about his, uh, his quest to save the world. Because the biggest issue in poverty-stricken nations is water. Fresh is water. water is fresh water, yeah. and this mofo sitting over here isn't just a, the bad boy of diesel. Like he's saving freaking humanity. He's Bill Gates. <laughs> no, God, Whoa. that is Whoa. Without, without the no. billions. Without the billions. What? No, <laughs> without being yeah, Bill with Gates. The, without money. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and without brains. And with, yeah, exactly. Actually, Easy. actually, it's completely not Bill Gates. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Again, no, the, uh, lightning strikes with a horrible analogy. Mm. Yeah, so got a uh, a company that's it's it's been a project for quite a few years now, uh, but basically it's it's atmospheric water generation. And the, to describe it, lightning. Would you like to explain that to our audience? He's pulling water out of the humidity, the humid air. Right. So the basically, you take uh, it's a hot day, and you got your air conditioner running on your core, and it drips water out the bottom. Do that, multiply it times a million, and you've got a lot of water. So we can produce over five thousand gallons of water a day with one of the one of the bigger units. Uh, we were running the unit off of a combustion engine, which was kind of an issue because poverty-stricken areas don't always have reliable electricity uh, yeah well, yeah or fuel or fuel right supply. so there's a cost issue there so uh that turned into a big solar project okay and i went off the rabbit trail deep in with solar and we've done some super cool stuff so it's basically water water is everything right so in these areas that have bad water they don't have water you know mexico is a prime example sure we're we're actually kind of working on a pretty good deal with Mexico right now. If you have this system and it runs off of solar, it basically takes and it, it generates a lot of water, right? So you got a container and it hits the water. And it, it it runs through a filter system. And then after that, we've got two lasers. It runs through the lasers and that purifies everything mm-hmm. past the water. And then uh, after that, it's ready for storage. But the thing is, is if you drink absolutely pure water, you can't taste it. Like, it doesn't taste. So we have to add yeah, a little... some minerals and stuff back Yeah, in. so we, we add some alkaline back into it and, you know, the a very small amount, way less than you buy in the stores. And it's super... It's just... It's a different caliber of water and kind of neat, like the Hilton and stuff over in, uh, like, the Cayman Islands, like, that. they've got a pretty... Uh, de Soleil, which means water from the sun, <laughs> uh, refillable glass water bottle there. That's probably super expensive. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that, that's been an ongoing project for a long time. But the, my partner in that, uh, David, uh, super intelligent, great engineer, super guy. Uh, we had the project all in Cayman, a uh, really nice facility over there with everything set up. And uh, we had recently just moved it all to Spain. So it's a heck of a transition, uh, but believe it or not, it's it's easier to do business in Spain for that type of stuff. There's really no regs on it, um, so that 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 makes it the whole process a lot easier. But my side of it really has been diving into this solar thing, and um, we've been able to. So so what I did basically testing the solar was like we we need to multiply protons, right? So uh, we we I've got some pictures that i've shown jay but like i have tons of solar stuff and the thing is is like that's difficult and it's expensive it's heavy. we need to we need to be able to use less solar and inefficient panels. and if, yeah I mean, what's an efficiency of a good panel today is 18 to 22 percent something like that yeah some around there so the thing was was what i was able to do was i've got on amazon of all places right and uh i bought one of those little solar spinny things okay and I took and put a, a, a... Like a little propeller deal you're talking about? Yeah, it's the little propeller things, right? Okay. So I took and I put a little reflective strip on it, and then I used my optical sensor like we use on a dyno. And I was able to take, and every time the laser from the optical sensor would hit the reflective tape, that's one revolution per minute. Right. So basically to test the theory of if you're actually bringing more power in, then that thing should spin faster. You should have more RPMs. So uh, I, I took like a... a a LED light and then I put it on the uh on the deal and I got the baseline of what the RPMs were and then I took um 
a uh, magnifying glass and I put it in front of it and it went up a little bit. So then I took two magnifying glasses, which I bought from Walgreens. And uh, let's be honest, they weren't magnifying glasses. They were actually just a pair of those eyeglasses that you the buy bifocals? for. Yeah, that you yeah, buy for a dollar. Uh, you stacked a couple of those. I, I would have bought eyeglasses <laughs> if I could. It was basically to, to, to prove a theory, you know, to myself. And uh, so I was actually able to take and multiply that by about 10 by using magnifying glasses the the thing actually spun off of its its uh its little pedestal so oh. it was like okay great we've done it so then the next theory is is okay what happens if i freeze it and i try it well it didn't actually change anything surprisingly i figured that it would been terrible but it it did the same thing but the problem obviously is heat right you ever magnify people have magnified ants and uh they get a little hot no so Never. yeah right yeah, the, old, the, the old kid theories, uh, <laughs> but yeah the uh that so, and when you used to take the pistachio shells as a kid and you rub them on the concrete real fast and then burn your friends. I've never no, I didn't done do that. that. That's genius. Oh, no, you guys never no. did that as kids. Wait, what? what do you mean as kids? I'll do it right oh, now. Oh, dude, it's awesome. So take <laughs> take the uh, the outer shell, you know, pistachio nut. Take your two fingers and you rub it really fast on concrete, and it gets to be like five hundred degrees, and then you burn your buddy's like arm or something. But why doesn't we, it burn your finger? Because there's the air gap right there, so you hold it from the edges, oh. and you and you put the round part down, and you just go really fast, dude. It'll leave a second degree blister on somebody. Oh, wow. And I remember as I'm, kids, like we used to do that, jackass. It's awesome. Oh, everybody at my office is so screwed now. We <laughs> burning everybody. I need you to report <laughs> back. I need you to report back how Deal. that goes. Deal. <laughs> but yeah, so that so we run into the issue of cooling, and uh, the 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 best cooling method. Uh, I've bought so many different books on chemistry and everything else, you name it. But it, it boils down to glycol, right? Which is actually... Sure. So, uh, you know... Well, we say that all the time. Yeah, in fact... Uh, Whenever you have an issue, just glycol. Uh, well, glycol well, on it. That you was, know you know, the podcast. You, we came up with some stuff, and we just said add glycol. Yeah. And it was definitely the... <laughs> Holman Stand-Up Act. Well, it what, ends with glycol. It does end with glycol. But also starts with glycol. Well, yeah. this cooling <laughs> method that works really well... Um, guess who owns the patent? Elon Musk. Uh, so, yeah, so we'll, we'll have to figure something out. You know, with you know, friends. It's like cue the sinister music. Dun, 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 yeah, dun, dun, it's kind of like, oh, that's you a big problem. Yeah, so that's kind of where we're at right now. Is, you know what I should do? I should dent his cooling patent so that way he has to change it and then Corey can use it. What do you mean dent it? Like that time I dented the Tesla truck body panel? Ah. I don't think we've ever fully explained that. No, you like, haven't. Because I think you cut it you out because I... Because you plead with me every single time you bring it up. I bring you it up. cut it out. And then I'm like, I don't think I should probably talk about that. Well, you just did and I left it in. All right. Well, I'll tell Corey the whole story after this. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. I got to hear that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we kind of hit the roadblock with that. But of course, as, as everything always goes, it's like, well, if we're taking... And, and bringing all this power in with solar, then we need to be able to store it. So then the whole battery thing comes into place is the best way, most efficient. I mean, all the problems are easily fixed. It's just it makes the product way more expensive, right? And that's that's out of the question. We got to make it affordable. So uh, yeah, I've I've got a huge container that we actually designed. It's it's I've got some pictures of it as well, but. We uh, shipped it over to Spain, and it's got solar paneling that basically is on top of it. Have uh, mirrors that will take and actually get the light perfect all the time. Big, thick magnifying glass that's going to be happening. That project's in in Spain right now, and actually, uh, David's with with everything supplied. He's living one hundred percent off the grid up there. Besides having a cell phone, this is your partner. Computer. Yeah. Okay. And um, yeah, he's he's up in the hills in Spain, one hundred percent off the grid with 
the product. So, but of course, we're Ooh, still the not product. Gonna, the product. The That's product. what drug dealers say. Yeah, the right. Yeah. <laughs> so, I hope it's near a winery or something. Yeah. So it's still. I mean, we've obviously it, this went from just making basic water to now some huge like like what I have envisioned now is basically you buy this huge box from us and it'll power your whole home. Uh, it, it's and it delivers your water. Yeah, you won't need. Uh, yeah, it'll power your whole home. It'll supply all your water. Can you take that and make it into a mini box and sell to overlanders? Yeah. There's electricity, there's, water. for. The, I've got a picture I'll show you after a podcast. Actually, we'll trade pictures when this is yeah, done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to end the show because we got pictures yeah, there's, to talk there's about. A good, there's, a, there's, there's some cool stuff with that, too, because when you're doing it on a big scale like this, uh-huh. doing it small scale like that, super easy. Oh. This whole project's escalated like crazy. It went from just let's supply some water to areas that that don't get enough to now we're working – to try to get this in multiple countries uh, with the countries basically funding it. So, and wow. the United States is interested. So, I would imagine. So, there, there's some cool stuff at play. Whoever has water has uh, control. Water, but the thing is, is like, I'd like for you just to be able to buy this box that's actually portable and then power your whole home That'd off of awesome. it, have water, and like, it would solve our hurricane situation. Like, the design we have for for using this in louisiana you'd never have a power or water problem well think of it too if there's enough of these boxes it would just suck the moisture well, out of the hurricane i was thinking and then the it same wouldn't even thing. hit land yeah yeah, yeah. well yeah. i wonder it, it probably wouldn't even make a dent in a hurricane as far as the moisture hey, how dare is concerned you? right you know well, what debbie downer why don't you just pipe down over there well okay? you know they're 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 kind of big they're a little bit aggressive and uh they they're they f stuff up and leave <laughs> so i, I don't uh, think i want to really uh, play uh, with anyway. the hurricanes too terribly much but yeah those things suck, but no, it's a it's a cool project. Uh, I think we still got you know a couple of years before anything really hits properly. But you know it'll be by the time it's released, it'll be a, it'll have probably been a ten year project. Awesome. So I feel like this podcast, uh, this episode, has covered oil and water. Uh, okay, because they normally don't get along, Mix but but this guy this has time they have done it. I like it. I like another it great analogy. <laughs> well, uh, well played. Oil, that's oil what that's what that's yeah, what I do. Well yeah, I yeah. like I like it all, and you know it's kind of like it with with electric vehicles and whatnot. It's I like horsepower, right? So that's the biggest thing. I, I just like I like efficiency and horsepower and, and tough challenges. So it's, I'm going to show you a picture. You cannot say what it is, okay? And you cannot tell Jay about it. Okay, I won't. I'm well, this is so not cool you. at all. Jay, I'm sorry. I'm just, it's, it's something. I really want to see the picture. I'm sorry, It's Jay. something Ooh. I'm working on, Ooh. Um, but it's it's not, all of the conversations aren't done yet. Right. But just to prove that I'm not just, anyway. Man, that's going to be awesome. Mm. Hey, this is not that cool. Is super cool. I can't see the photo. I didn't know he was like, you can't. I didn't know he had this going on. That's freaking you, cool. You can't. You, you'll this is not cool. Not no, in due time. You can't. You that's can't not fair. Yeah, I thought you were. It's not I share with you. I'll, it'll be. Well, you might steal stuff. it. I share, and it's already bought in mine, so that's why wow. I can share it. Oh, that this because hurts. it's going to be a part of something in the future. Yeah, so he'll just he'll find out later. He doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah. Both of you guys are dicks. I'm sorry, Jay. It wasn't my call. <sighs> hey, you know what? I, I think Corey right. should come out and do podcasting with us more often because I really like having him here with us rather than just over the phone. Truck Show Podcast with Corey and Holman. Yeah, well, maybe oh, I'll be I, hanging out with him. I, I like we'll that. See. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, you can be a regular. No, it's Willis and Holman. Willis and Holman. It's Willis and Holman. All right, Corey, thank you for... Uh, Bestowing your uh, your energy upon us. Yeah, thanks for uh, hanging out because uh, we know you are a busy guy, and apparently this only happened because uh, Jay's been holding you captive here for yeah. twelve hours. I happen to know he hasn't eaten today. 
So I can't Why are we imagine still doing this. this. He's been it's such he, a waste of time to eat. He's been <laughs> sucking on some nicotine packets thing over there. Well, that's you know, keeping him going. You know, the uh, good thing about the nicotine packets is, you know, everyone said, "Oh, you're addicted to nicotine." So just to prove everyone wrong, I stopped, and for two weeks, <laughs> I didn't have any. Two weeks, and yeah, I mean, it, he wasn't after, even angry. Yeah, uh, no, not at all. And so, you know, I was so glad when the two weeks were over with because the headaches and the the angry attitude and everything else stopped, and I proved to everyone <laughs> that I was not addicted to to Zins. <laughs> all right, uh, we got to end this with a couple questions. Um, in and out or Whataburger? Whataburger. I'm sorry. Oh, I know it's suicide, what? but like, but here's the thing. Let me come what? back on that. Just, oh. Let me touch it. Let Wait me touch a it. Minute. But I, I love. I, I want In and Out Burger to be my favorite. I really do. <sighs> Wait a minute. When did you have In and Out? Well, you brought me there and they I told did. me the story. When did you have That's Whataburger? Right. I did. You know they got bought out and everything turned to crap. I don't know. The the I don't know. It's probably I don't know. We were going. Just around November when I was going hunting, mm. uh, we oh. stopped and got water. No. no, this is not okay. I know, dude. I know it's. I know it's not. It I know it's not right. It but hurts. It, uh, it does because I know like In and Out is everything. Chili here. dog with cheese or no cheese? Oh, with cheese. Yeah, with cheese. Yeah, mm. not. not Jay for can't me. do cheese. But I don't. No, no, I, I can do cheese. I can and have. It's not my favorite. My favorite's no cheese. What's, yeah, what's the best soda? Like the best soda. Yeah. Well, I mean, I drink nasty diet Coke, so it's hard oh, to say. Yeah. I know, dude. I like it. Man. I think it's addictive. It is addictive. Uh, We're Dr. Pepper guys. Yeah. I love Dr. Pepper. Okay. So. All right. All right. Okay. A little, okay. Okay. If I'm going to have a redemption. Coke or a Dr. Pepper, I'm going to drink a Dr. Pepper. Okay. They're sweeter. But the majority of people like Coke, so I normally just keep the Cokes at the house, but I don't know. I, 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 when I was younger and working out and doing all kind of weird stuff before I got fat and ugly, it was... I started drinking Diet Coke because I thought it was better for you. By the way, look then at I got us. Addicted. It's all downhill from here, dude. Yeah. It's, it's all <laughs> I, I see where it's going. Yeah. <laughs> with the, with but the it's beard. weird. Have you seen my beard lately where like I have brown here? It's gray here and gray in the middle. You what brown that, are you talking about? You would no brown. That, like, it's all I, gray. You would, you would think that I tried to like make brown streaks in my beard. It's freaking weird. It's a good beard though. It's solid, right? Do you put material like, uh, like yeah, you, you have put to stuff because in your it? your skin gets dry and flaky oh. and itchy underneath? So you got to like scrub it. And stuff. Oh. So usually I'll do like the blow dry once a week, twice a week. You know, wash it a couple times a week. You don't want all the beard oils to leave you. But uh, maybe that's why my face yeah. is red and flaky and nasty. You got to got to take care of it. I really you can't, you can't just have. I want to be pretty. You're not savage, you know. Jay, what do you use on your face? Uh, is it your, your complexion is nice. Cortisone. I'm not the cortisone. Hundred mm. percent tube about this big takes me about two months to get through it. Cortisone. Mm. Do you All, think when right Jay here, showed us like tube yeah, this big that like he kind of exaggerated the tube size? I saw that. It's kind of junk. The, the listeners thing. didn't. But tube, we did. Tube's I did about tube's about four inches. Yeah. I know yeah. that size. All right. Well, I'm ready for uh, dinner <laughs> yep. now. Yep. 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 Quarter zone. No, is it in and out? Ten. <laughs> I mean, we might have to. No, now. I like it. I do like In and Out Burger. The thing is, I really want to love it because the the family and the story of In and Out is so great. It like is great. that's good people, you know. And I don't know a thing about Waterburger, but it says now they got bought out by somebody in their jerks, right. supposedly. And their food sucks. Yeah. And so, like, I really hate that that's the case. Maybe we can eat it, and it'll. Uh, I'll find something. You want to go like. right now? There's yeah. one one mile from here, and we need to make that happen. Change my mind. Later. All right, see ya. <laughs> Later. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. That is where you can find us. Leave us a message. We will read it. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. Oh, oh. All right, Holman. Uh, you're going to do the grams or am I going to do the grams? At LBC Lightning. Ooh, ooh. At Sean P. Holman. Uh, uh. At Truck Show Podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Leave us a call. 657 
205-6105. Yeah, yeah, pick up your phone. Dial us up and then leave us a message. We'll see what's up. But up doesn't rhyme with up unless I'm doing it on the fly with this guy. Oh, yeah, 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 at gmail.com. Don't care if you already said it. Tell your mom if you got a complaint because I am giving it all the stuff in my head right now to end the show. You don't know. In and out, bro. Let's go. We're going. We're going. We have to thank uh, Nissan here before we can go. All right, uh, Nissan, they make great trucks, super reliable, five-year, 100,000-mile warranty, Fender Audio System, zero-gravity seats, uh, big old honking engine uh, in the uh, Titan Titan XT, plenty of power. Uh, what oh, about uh, the warranty? Five-year, 100,000-mile warranty. You Lightning, did? yeah. Fr- oh. Frontier, you can get Frontier, the midsize, Pro4X, NissanUSA.com. Mm-hmm. I also hear that your local dealership is right next door to an In-N-Out, and we should go there. You mean the one that's right next door to Banks? Uh, yeah, there's an out just down the street, right? Uh, yeah, it's less than a mile away. All right, let's grab a Monster Ram. We'll take it with us and fill it. I mean, I know that you have CFM and, and air density. Mm-hmm. I want to know what French fry density is. We'll just <laughs> shove it full of in and outs fresh French fries. I'm not sure that Gail would be happy if we desecrated a Monster Ram with French fries it's and in animal and out. sauce. He would be totally fine with it. He might. He does love a good double-double with cheese and grilled uh, onion. All right, if you've got a Dodge Ram or a Ram that is equipped with the Cummins 6-7, you're going to want to check out the Monster Ram intake system, the awesome and uh, beautiful Gen 2 Includes a high-flow heater and billet intake plate. It flows 936 CFM, which is a 122% increase over stock. I've been flowing much over stock after eating burgers (laughs) for many years. Dude, it's 50 state emissions compliant. It is the only intake manifold for the 6.7 liter Cummins that is 50 state legal. That's not true. Oh, the stock one. The stock one is well, also 50 I mean, state yeah, legal. The stock one is lame. You All know right. what I mean? Now, that's true. Listen, if, if you want an immediate improvement in the way your engine looks, the way your engine performs, the way you feel behind the driver's seat, and how fast you can get to in and out bankspower.com, put in your application, <laughs> and check out the Monster Ram intake system. Again, the Gen 2 comes with everything you need to get all sorts of flow. All right, is that good lighting? Can we go down? Yes, yeah. And by the way, if you uh, want to hook up one, just uh, slide into my DMs. This has been good. Like, some guys have been doing this and taking advantage of it. So, yeah, there is a oh, joke man. in there. I'm leaving alone because I want something animal style. All right, this is totally better than Whataburger. I think I've just gotten the wrong thing or had a bad day before because this thing right here is, it, is the shiznit. The Truck Show Podcast is a production of Motor Trend Group. This podcast was created and produced by Sean Holman and Jay Tillis with production elements by DJ Omar Khan. If you like what you've heard, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating. And if you're a fan of the Truck Show Podcast, we encourage you to visit and patronize our sponsors. 